Oh dear. I don't I don't know what happened, you guys. Like the room just closed. How do I put this out here again? So I had to start a new room. I'm gonna have to put this back on Twitter. I felt bad. The girl I was talking to, she's probably like, what the hell just happened? Uh Okay, I just tweeted it out again. Sorry, guys. I don't know what happened. Like the room. I don't know how to fix this now. Okay. So I had to start a new room because it wouldn't let me go back into the other room. Did the room just end, you guys? I don't know what happened. Where Pilgrim said this happened to Katie Halper on her call and show a couple days ago as well. The room crashed and she had to start a new one. Oh, that sucks. Now the person that was talking, I don't want them to think that I hung up on them. That's that's the thing I'm worried about. Um, let me go to edit room. Let me make sure this is okay. I lost case two. I'm gonna have to send this to case. Because he's probably like, what the heck just happened? Okay, share. Oh, boy. That sucks. Um, okay, give me just a second. Let me go back to case. Call in. Let me go to... Room crashed, started new one okay we're gonna try to do this again oh my god okay i don't even remember what i was about to say and i lost the person all right notori we are bringing you in you are on the mic hello sabby hello i don't know what happened that room just like it was closed out yes it was getting good too but we back <laughs> I just want to say, <laughs> I just want to say, um, Sam Cedar is giving trash, is giving liar, he is giving MSNBC. I can't stand him. I feel like, um, it's really no progressives in the, um, it's really no progressives in the office. Like, I don't even say AOC, Ilhan, or the other ones, I don't feel like none of them are progressives. We really don't have a progressive anything that's fighting for us. And I feel like Cal Kalimsky and I like we um I just want to go to this too. Um with Jimmy Dore, I just want to put like I'm with everything he say I don't agree with, but I do want to put respect on his name because I rather listen to him before I do TYT. Cal Kalimsky or Crystal Ball, cause they trash too. But <laughs> Sam is um I knew something won't <laughs> I knew something won't right with Sam when he um was on MSNBC and then he to me I feel like he just go on his show. Cause I used to watch them until I woke the hell up three years ago. I um when he used to um he seemed like he just go on his show, talk about whatever they talk about, and then get off and gone home like he really don't care <laughs> and then um let me see because i write down my stuff too <laughs> and it's just oh and jamal bowman 
his he sold out the, as soon as he got in there he sold out and i feel like they know these books they get these books they get the um deals and stuff and i feel like they don't care about us no more either because they get that money they get them thousands of dollars and they get book deals and i remember you saying something about if um if they threatening her, why don't she come out like she used to? AOC, why don't she just come out like she used to? She, when she first got in there, she used to um say what was going on and stuff like that. That stopped quick. Yes, no, it did. That's why I know I'm like, uh, I think they said something to her because remember when she was protesting outside Nancy Pelosi's office? Mm-hmm. Yeah didn't see her do that again right like she changed then she went from that to the next thing i knew she was on the view calling her mama bear i was like what just happened yes yes and when you said something about um like force to vote it put a lot of stuff in um perspective for me too because i realized nina turner was trash all of them trash and then how she um like her campaign i'm like and then the, the um push for um force to vote a lot of people didn't get posed to be there, and I know they saw it. Everybody was, um, you know, pushing it out, except for the ones that was in office. And some of the ones, I want to get back on this, too. I know it sounds like I'm jumping, but I'm just frustrated because it's a lot of people that's on the left and saying they left media, and they are not. They are shields for the Democratic Party. And I think um, most of the people um, that's following you, know who they are i said i'm just completely done i know i would never vote for democrats again i don't fuck with republicans but i just feel like we need something new somebody new need to pop up um something different it need to be independent because if you seen you progressive and your whack ass is running in a democratic party no ma'am no pam i don't want it well said, uh, Notori. Yeah, I think that um, is is really interesting how things have how things have changed, how things have transpired. And for Case, I, I'm sorry if I didn't give you context easy uh, beforehand, but we were basically talking about. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but Sam Cedar came, <laughs> Sam Cedar came forward in a clip and said that he didn't go on any one show to talk about force the vote. That's how all this started. Mm. He said this recently and so tonight we just wanted to remind him that hey sam don't you remember <laughs> like you had that debate on bad faith podcast with brie mm -hmm. about force the vote mm -hmm. three-hour debate yeah um <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know about um that guy uh you know me i, I like i don't know about that um i'm trying to think as far as what Notori said, as far as um, like looking for something new, if you don't mind, Sabrina, can I promote my workshop coming up this activist weekend? Oh, go ahead. Yeah, so um, I'm going to be talking about the mutual aid political party, the very first workshop of the activist weekend to set off the weekend. Um, it's going to be 10 a.m. Saturday morning. I already started the first draft of my presentation slides. And I think that um the the way I'm approaching it is not this is the framework what I've come up with so far, but the way I would like to approach it is that as a grassroots organization, I want to bring in the grassroots to help create it. 
right? So it, instead of one person or a couple people behind the scenes developing it from scratch and then presenting it, I'm kind of trying to, I want us all to come together like, and kind of form this idea, right? So, so far, and, and just to give a quick preview, the, the priority of it is number one is to do mutual aid. Of course, that's the top number one priority is to help people. And that's how we build the infrastructure. That's how we build the relationship of, tr of trust where people saying, wow, this person, you know, these people are helping me. Then number two is um, political education because, you know, Fred Hampton has a quote saying that if you don't have political education, then you're lost. You, you know, you're just doing things without knowing why you're doing it. So that's, that's, and part of the political education, I like to, you know, come up with workshops on, on one, how to identify propaganda to the evolution of a captured politician. So that's AOC is a great example of that. And, and also on the right is the guy named David Bratt, who he was a Tea Party candidate that overturned um, Eric Cantor. But he eventually started becoming an establishment. You would think he would be a populist, but he, he started voting right along with the GOP and, and other workshops to just basically educate civics workshops, how to work with your local state and federal government. You know, that's where Roger comes in. You know, he's very good with that. So maybe I'll talk to him about about that. But at, I'm not going to give the whole workshop now, but that's just a little taste of hopefully building the infrastructure. So we tried with the Justice Democrats to try to go straight, getting progressive straight into office, but we see that that's not working. So this idea is basically starting from the very, 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 very ground level, helping people, building a foundation of trust. And then from there, eventually number three on that list is then systemic change, which comes along with ballot initiatives, electoral politics. That's when you get into the point of, you know, electing people at the state level, your school board, your, your mayors, et cetera, et cetera, all the way up to the federal government. And it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take time to build, but that's what we're here for. That's what the we're, we're about building from the bottom. And once we have a solid foundation, it's going to be very hard for the mainstream media to um, battle against us. Sabrina. Hello. Oh, I don't know if the app is messing you up with the mute or notorious. Oh, there you go. Okay. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, okay. I like the fact that you're focusing on um, the local, local stuff as well, because I, I do feel like school board, that's one that's constantly overlooked, I feel like. Mm -hmm. yep. People don't put as much attention on that, but they should. <laughs> yes, yeah, and like I want, I'm going to follow that too. Mm -hmm. Oh, I would love because to see I'm everybody so in the chat. I would love to see y'all 10 a.m. This is that one thing I love about calling is how we organize this. We, you know, we uh, kind of do a therapy where we we're complaining about you know all the different things going on, but now it's time to move towards activism. So, like, literally, what I'm going to be hoping to ask everyone is literally. We're going to, do, I want you to talk to your neighbors, you know, the person on your right and the person on the left. At the very least, we should know who our neighbors are and also let them know about, you know, hey, if there's anything I can do to help you, um, there's this organization that 
we can uh i can gather get other friends that can help if you need to move a couch or or uh paint a wall you know i might not know how to paint but there's this organization called mutual aid political party where you can request to have somebody come and help paint your wall etc etc so hopefully we can uh build this out and i'm going to need everybody's all hands on deck for forming this organization i'm not the founder you're the founder of this organization so i need everybody's hands on deck to help found this organization from the ground up thank you that's base case Notori, I do have a quick question. I'm curious in reference to you said you don't feel like um, you don't feel like some of the hosts in these spaces are left. What do you mean by that? And I and I only ask that because, again, like I was telling um, Zach earlier, when when we say these things, it's good to give examples because otherwise people will be like, okay, well, what that's the criticism, but what is the evidence? Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. <clears throat> before you came on the scene in RBN and burn it down with Kim Brown and a few others, before I knew y'all, I was a big fan of the Young Turks and Cal Kalimsky. Um, who else? Um, that Canada guy and the other um humanist report. But then when um Bernie threw in his campaign, like I don't fuck with Bernie either, I was for him too, but I realized if he down on his knees sucking Joe off, I know he wouldn't be shit if he was president now as well. So I used to um be for um them and then when he threw his campaign in and then I saw how they flopped the um Joe Biden like that, I was disgusted. And then I think the first person, because I remember Jimmy Dore, I was watching Jimmy Dore, and then I saw you. And then um, I became a big fan of yours, and then I saw you was with a group, RBN. And so I started watching y'all, and it was like, it was more, you know, my perspective, which I was, I was liking what y'all was serving. So, but like I said, with Jimmy Dore, I met you out for, from Jimmy Dore. But the thing is, I hate how they use Jimmy, Jimmy because... I feel like I'm not going to say they jealous. I just feel like they see that Jimmy get, and that's what y'all get in now too. They see that they, Jimmy can pull in independent Democrats, um, Republicans, anybody, because they like what they saying. And I feel like y'all are getting, um, independence and everything too. And they hate that. And I feel like, and they know they are fighting for Democrats, like the Cal Kalimskis of the world and Cristobal Wackass. And they fighting and trying to keep people in the Democratic Party. I'm sick and disgusted with the Democratic Party because they've been in there for two years and now they trying to talk about vote for them for what? Y'all ain't done shit the two years y'all been in there. That's how I feel. Well, well said, Notori. Yeah, I, I start asking people for examples now because I, I've been told, you know, like, make sure you give examples when we offer like criticism, because otherwise people think it's just in bad faith. Danielle, I'm inviting you as a speaker because my last room crashed. I don't know what happened. Um, so I didn't get a chance to finish answering uh, your question. But Notori, thank you so much. You're welcome. Oh, thank you so much. You didn't have to do that. I was just listening. But thank you. I really appreciate that. Thank you. So I'm trying to remember what, what I was saying before the <laughs> we were. Um, I think we were discussing um, all the things, but we were 
talking about strategy um, moving forward. And um, but um, but to the guy to the point that you guys were just actually talking about, because I feel I actually feel the same um, about the left media. And I was so glad I actually have a similar. I found you in the similar in a similar way. I'm trying to remember when, but I think it was because of Jimmy. And I go back and forth with Jimmy because. I don't know. There are times I raise my eyebrow and there are times I got total love for Jimmy. And usually when I end up going back to Jimmy, it's because he ended up being right in the end about the people that I had the utmost faith for. And um, and when that comes crashing back in my face, as it always does, when they do what they do, I I look to, to Jimmy for guidance or other people to look to look for. Because as you, you've pointed out before, there's really no, especially once Bernie kind of dipped out, there really wasn't anybody to kind of be there. Now, you know, not that you have to have, but sometimes on some level you, you, you do. There is no big voice. There's no big left voice. There's nobody right now. Either they told Bernie to shut the up, 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 and he listened, obviously, but, you know, maybe he was never with us 100%. I think Bernie has good in his heart, and I think that there's been intention there, and to, he's, he's done, he's done things. I don't want to say that, you know, and completely hate on the man, because, you know, he has, he has done things, but at the same time, it's, it hasn't been enough, and looking around, when we're in the country is in there's so many people in dire straits whether they're striking they're in poverty the criminal there's so many things and it wasn't enough and in the end he dipped and there's nobody now and and the the squad that we elected in i really thought i really had hopes i i i was there for all of them and donated and really thought that this was going to be it and they were going to be the tipping point and they were going to get in there and infiltrate the Democratic Party. And looking back, I'm like, oh, my God, I can't even believe I was that dumb to think that that going up against the machine. Honestly, ballot initiatives, I think that we need to expand on that because I don't even think there is a fighting them. There is no fighting this corporate. I, I don't know. I mean, tell you could tell me I'm wrong, but I don't think there is a going up against them. Um, even if we tried with the throw and, and as we, you know, election, presidential election is going to be coming around the corner again. And I know all of you remember the tactics, the craziness that was going on, especially with the media, whether they were getting people's names wrong. Remember the craziness, whether they were screwing around with Bernie or Andrew Yang, they did it with told just the craziness that was going on. They hid what they wanted to. They they uplift the ones that they want to when they want to, and they came for all the YouTube people. Like they came, YouTube is totally just. You have to absolutely search what you're looking for. If you just put in a broad search for something, you are going to get corporate feedback. You're going to get MSNBC, CNN. You're going to get something corporate. So they've come for that already. But I just don't know. But I think moving forward, more ballot initiatives, but expanding on that. I think that, and I've said that like on broader terms before, that we need to get to a point where we are the ones that are voting for much more for all of the things, for the big things, 
Like, not, we need to take the power back. I agree, and I will add, too, uh, there was something I did notice. When I go back and I think about those, the Democratic primary debates, if we all remember, when Bernie Sanders was, was debating, he wasn't arguing against corporate Democrats. He wasn't debating against, like, what the Democratic Party has done. He was... Basically, his criticism was directed at, we got to get this racist, sexist guy out of office. It was directed towards Donald Trump, and he kept saying he was the most dangerous president in our history. So when someone who is on the right is in power, it's easy to appear to be left. But now we see the truth, right? Now we see the real them. Because now we see mm-hmm. when you have someone who's a Democrat that's in power, you notice that that pushback is not the same from Bernie or from the progressives in Could office. Could I say this, Sadie? Yeah. I want to know, um, like, I, like I said again, it's, I don't want to make this a Jimmy thing, but I just want to put this together. You know when... Um, people in office, they be friends. Like, we already know behind closed doors, they going to brunch and playing golf together. They act like Democrats and Republicans don't get along, but in public, they um don't get along. But we, they, we know they really do. So why do people hate when Jimmy Dore and other people talk to regular everyday people and people that's on the um Republicans or talk to Republicans or left or whatever, they have a big problem with that. Like I don't give a fuck if you if you um against abortion or whatever. If you fighting for Medicare for all, I don't give a fuck. You don't like black, I don't care. But if you fighting for um Medicare for all, I'm with you. It ain't got to be um you don't got to agree with everything that I don't agree with. But if you for that, I'm with you. I don't care. That's a good question. I honestly think I think it's because it messes up their money train. It messes with their money. Because the thing is, is this. I remember, and I don't know if everyone's been watching Secular Talk for this long, but I remember when Kyle Kalinske gave Barack Obama a grade of a D. And he went through everything that Barack Obama did wrong. Notice the shift. Notice he's being way much more lenient on Joe Biden than he was on Barack Obama. And the reason being is because what was coming after Barack Obama? Bernie Sanders' campaign. Okay, so Bernie ran two election cycles in a row. Bernie lost twice. We got uh, Joe Biden, Kyle and the rest of them. I think they know that this this progressive Justice Democrat strategy is done. I think they know that. So in order to keep their Mm -hmm. money train moving, what are they going to do? You got to move further to the right because that's what works with their YouTube algorithm. So if you're praising Joe Biden and you're commending Joe Biden, that is really going to help you with the algorithm and also that actually helps your chances of being able to maybe one day get a a cable channel like TYT. Maybe one day get on Mm. Roku like David Pakman. See, David Pakman realized this a long time ago. That's why he was, he was so willing to tell people in 2020, well, yeah, you know, Elizabeth Warren, she would be a great choice. And remember Elizabeth Warren said she was a capitalist. I saw the shift in David Pakman back then. When he was mm-hmm. starting to go further and further to the right, I was like, oh, he's moving to a little bit to the right. Now he's just straight up liberal. If you watch David Pakman now, it's just straight up liberal. That is what is happening. So people are realizing we got to keep this money train going. So what are we going to do? What's going to work best for the algorithm? 
if you notice all those people that were criticizing the Democratic Party back when Bernie Sanders ran 2016, notice those people, Humanist Report, TYT, uh, Rational National, Secular Talk, Notice now how they're actually applauding Joe Biden instead of what uh, they Joe used to Biden do before. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep, because they and know I'm disgusted. They, they know what's up. Like most people don't find me and RBN in the algorithm. Most people don't. Most of you guys, because I used to ask you guys this on my show. Most of you guys told me you found me because of Jimmy Dore. Yeah, and guess what? Like after your show go off, like um while ago when your show went off, guess what popped up. CNN, it's always it didn't used to be that way, but everything no. every time your show go off, it's CNN, MSNBC. Mm hmm And no, I do not never look up CNN or MSNBC. And every time your show go off or RBN show go off, the first clip is CNN or MSNBC. Well, you know what's funny? As much as I talk about like Richard Wolf's economic update, like on my show, because I do it at least once a week. Never pops up mm -hmm. in my I always have to search for Richard Wolf. Yes, or even if you leave the YouTube video rolling, like if I were to leave a video rolling, you would think that the next video would be something along the lines that I'm watching, but it's usually not. It's usually, like you said, a corporate. And that's horrible that that's happened. And where do we go from there? For then it's, and it made me think about it becoming with the, with the election coming. If we, even if we do find somebody, and there's a question too, like who is it, who, what is going to happen? I'm very curious, but where I, uh, where is like, um, you know, we've said like we're waiting kind of for somebody to pop up again. And, and, but even if they did, even if somebody amazing were to pop up, what, what are we going to do at that point? And it's still a fight to fight against all the, all the, everything, the powers and, and it'll be the same. They'll, they'll go, they'll do the same tactics again, but, um, we de we need a strategy. We definitely need strategies moving forward. And even with the squad, we, we, I feel like we should learn from that and that moving forward, we need a strategy. Like if we're, if we're ever yes. going to promote and, and if we are going to get behind candidates again, what's going to be the strategy when they turn on, when they, when they don't do well, because it shouldn't be getting reelected because this is a problem. Right. Yes, I, I just I, know. I just I, know that we try the strategy with just as Democrats, but if it's anything that got to do with um seeing that you independent, you running in the um Democratic Party, I don't want no parts of it because I'm really turned off. Because that was my last hope. Well, I was hoping that just as Democrats were going to do something, and that was the last. That was the last straw for me. And the only person I really like in the Democratic Party, I don't know how to say her name, is Shama Sawan. Yes. She's the only one. Well, she's not, Everybody else. Well, Shama's not a Democrat. She. Um, oh, she independent. Yeah, Shama was. Shama didn't run through the Democratic Party. Um, but she. You're well, right. that's great. Yeah, I hope she run for president because all the other ones, that progressive, that. AOC, the fraud squad, I'm so over them, done with them, burn, let's throw them away. Justice Democrats, let's throw them away. I'm so sick of all them. But I want you to go to the next one because I've been up here a while. But I, I'm always going to say this. I love you, Sabby. You doing the damn thing. Um, I love you, Case and RBN. Y'all doing the damn thing. Keep up the good work.
Oh, thank you so much, Notori. Have a good night. Keep up the fight. All right, Roger. I, I'm just going to make you a speaker because I know you probably have something written down. Um, so I invited you as a speaker, Roger. And then Saul, I'll bring you in as the next caller. But I do just want to say really quick, you know, I've asked like the people, the big players who are already here. Um, I asked Chris Hedges. I asked Cornell West. I asked like Adolph Reed and... You know, I don't think the impression that I was given is that, you know, they don't want to be the one to to take the mantle. And the impression that I got from Cornell West is that he's kind of looking towards us like the younger people. He's looking toward they're like, look, is is your turn now? Because they're like, we we've been doing this. So we tired. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, look, we've been doing this for a long time. Like I, I've been, you know, Cornell West was. You know, fighting for like, uh, you know, civil rights and things like that. I so know, like, getting handcuffed with the best of them. Yeah, he's just like, look, we've been around. Adolph Reed is like, look, I tried to do this. That's exactly what he told me. He was like, I tried to do this type of movement thing. And, you know, so I, I think it's going to be the younger generation. And I think Notori is 100% right, uh, correct. They can't run through the Democratic Party. It has to be someone who is not afraid to push back and in order to be that person you can't go into the party because if you do the party is going to remove you they're going to find a way to push you out like cynthia mckinney if cynthia mckinney still lived in the u.s i think she would probably do it because i asked her and she said well never say never but she don't live here right now so uh but go ahead Saul. oh Saul, are you there So, like I, can anybody hear Saul? It's all good, man. <laughs> no? Saul, maybe I should invite you to be a speaker and it might work. I told you guys this app is glitchy tonight. So I don't know what's happening. Also, okay, so go ahead, uh, Roger. What are you going to say? Okay. So... My diabolical plan actually worked. <laughs> that, that was me that crashed the app along with Bad Cookie so I could jump ahead of the line, Sab. I just put my cousin from North Carolina in the Notoria head because she family. No, nah, just kidding. I didn't crash the app. <laughs> just kidding. Case, I sent that video to you this morning. That was the one with the laughing emojis. When I was responding to... um someone responding to the uh, town hall from last night that AOC had, because they said, um, what did the person say? They said, someone said, uh, they, they said something like, all those people look upset and I don't think they want to date her. Hello? Oh, who's that? That's me. I'm Saul. Okay, Saul, we can hear you now. Oh, sorry, man. No, Roger, keep going, man. I'm just, I'm just happy I can, you can hear me. <laughs> oh, okay. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, case I sent that to you. I sent it to a whole bunch of people, matter of fact. Yeah, also, I actually saw uh, it um, when the the um the app crashed. So I thought it, man, I was so disgusted by her dancing. I, I, I don't understand how um our Congress people could be happening in L.A how they was talking about people behind the scenes. It's like, man, are these adults? But I'll pass the mic back to you, Roger. 
Yeah. So let me just say a couple of things before I get a call. I'm in your neck of the woods, by the way. I just came over the Lincoln Tunnel. I'm in Jersey City. Ooh, um, New Yorker. The, the, all right, so the left is working class people. It's the bougie Democrats that have lost the working class and the young people. Um, I think the movement would be better served if we not place so much focus, time, and energy on these YouTube personalities. They already revealed themselves to us of who they are. Knowing this, they should just move on. We should just move on from these clowns. We got work to do. I see shit coming down the pipe, y'all, and it ain't pretty. I will address that tomorrow when I'm at home in front of my computer because I got a whole script written out. I hope if if you have a, if you have your call in tomorrow, Savvy. Believe me, what the right has planned for this country is a freaking horror show, and no oh, one yeah. is talking about it. They they're talking structural change, okay? Regarding Sam, look. Once he used Jimmy as an excuse to not push and help us get behind the New York Health Act, a guy located on the opposite end of the country was responsible for not plat for Sam not platforming the New York Health Act on his show. Okay, Sam. So I'll just move on. You know, like you're not even I don't even, you know, think about that. Now this right here was what I wanted to comment on on your show. Okay. What's going on in Florida regarding the ballot initiative? Okay. First, that woman, Bernadette Clark, that was interviewed on MSNBC. I don't know what is up with the left. Why are we always reactionary instead of proactionary? I remember hearing about this in 2019 after the initiative passed in November of, uh, in November of 2018. You know, the initiative that reinstated ex felons right to vote and then they and then and then the state Florida state government said only if you pay back those fines that you own that you owe us okay the moment DeSantis said that we're going to make it where if you owe past fines and taxes you must pay them first before you vote Sabrina again this was in 2019 after it passed in t November of 2018. Now we're in 2022 and these guys are just now realizing, oh my God, he can't do this. Listen, once Miss Clark, you know, the woman that was on that, on that, on uh, Wagner show, saw the state government of Florida doing this, that should have been the time when they should have jumped into action and take this to court. You were, Sabrina, you were asking, this can't be right. This got to be against the law. Yes, it is. As of, they could have took this to court as a violation of the 24th Amendment, which is a prohibition on poll taxes, which bars the government from putting any type of tax or fine or anything like that on you in order to vote. The second thing they should have done while this, while that is being hammered out in the courts, as of right now, Floridians can amend their state constitution using the ballot initiative process, but they can't pass and repeal laws with the same method or using a veto referendum. That woman, Bernadette Clark, who was on the MSNBC show with Alex Wagner, 
should have got her voter organization together and put an initiative on the 2020 ballot, which was the year of the highest voter turnout in voting record history and amend the Constitution of Florida to allow Floridians to repeal state laws through a veto referendum. I'm pretty sure Floridians would have loved to be able to repeal laws passed by their government and self-correct for past things they passed through ballot initiative. This way, by the time the 2022 elections come along, when this is all happening, regardless of whether by now it would have been settled in court, that could have caused voter turnout to be very high in Florida to vote for that initiative, giving them the ability to do veto referendums. It wouldn't have saved these people right here from getting arrested, but at least by 2024, they would be able to repeal that law or any law. Three, not only is this racist, but it's also partisan. Would this really have had happened if there were no parties? That's why I call for them to also to pass a ballot initiative as a constitutional amendment to abolish all political parties at every level of government. Then this partisanship tactics stops. Also, you were talking about right. case. You were talk uh, Oh, yeah. Also, case you were talking about um, civics. Do you remember uh, a week or two ago? Sabby, you told me uh, like I, I, I said, hey, we don't teach state civics. And you said. Uh, we taught, they taught it to us in North Carolina or South Carolina or Massachusetts. Remember when you said that? Yeah, they taught it. They taught it in North Carolina. Okay. So I I was just watching um, New York now. It comes on every Friday right before your show at 730, right? And they, were, they, they actually came up with a program. I'm just giving you like a little New York update. They, there's, there's like a program that they're, what's that they, that they, talk about new york civics state civics and stuff like that go through the whole teaching teaching kids going through the whole shebang of committees and training them and how the new york state government works it's kind of like a pilot program kind of like a camp or something like that that they're testing upstate so usually when that happens eventually it'll work its way into the new york state public school system um now Bless you. Now the thing yeah. with being, now the thing with being nice, hoping that they will come on your show, like oh you know because you saw my Sam Cena. Like I said before, politicians have egos. If you want them to come on your show, then you have to show you can prosper without them. Increase your influence. Work on yourself to where you flip it around on them, and they will be like, "Hey, I want to be on their on their show. How come they won't ask me?" Then they will start calling you, and then you set the terms. Oh, God, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, may I say something, man? Uh, yeah, yeah, you're, you're, you're in New York right now, right? Well, right now I'm in New Jersey. Oh, well, <laughs> no, I'm in New yeah. York. <laughs> yeah, you're a New Yorker, right? I'm from New York also. I'm from Brooklyn. You have a lot of uh, information on Florida. I mean, I, I'm confused about Florida. I live here. I moved here like five, uh, 10 years ago, and well, this shit is... I'm from Brooklyn. I moved oh, down oh. to Florida like okay. like 15 years ago and this shit is crazy down here. Like the politicians are not on par with anything that we are talking about right now. They don't think about anything that is um the right for the people or it, and to the other point, 
I didn't want to interrupt you, but like I'm like I need my time a little bit. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. So yeah, so I was going back to the force the vote thing with the Jimmy Dore stuff because I you gained to the legalities and to you know voting rights and all that stuff. I don't think we have any kind of voting rights really because even if we go in force, like we show up in force and we we represent ourselves and we say yeah we want this to happen for us because we're suffering. The politicians are not listening. First of all, all of them, this on the whole spectrum, they're not listening. So to me, like I got into politics because of oh my god, it was because of uh, John Stewart on his Comedy Central show. I didn't even give a shit about politics because I never cared about politics because I knew politics was all about money and all about um, keeping control. So for me, as you know, I'm a minority also. So I always thought like, whatever they're going to do, I'm going to have to take it and eat it and suffer through it and just work my way out of it in in any way I possible, you know, just to um, survive, basically, because that's what we're doing right now. We're just surviving. And all this rhetoric that we're doing, all this talk, I want to hear what case study was saying, like, you know, platforms doing doing action on the ground making our voices heard like amplified because these these politicians are not listening aoc is not listening the squad is not listening joe biden is like not even mentally stable to listen to anybody everybody has failed us so well, I'm sorry. yeah go ahead no no go ahead man but you see here's the thing you got more power in florida than i have in new york because at least Florida is a ballot initiative state and you right, can correct. actually you can actually organize. I wish New York state was a ballot initiative state. You don't know how much I would not care what what these politicians I'll be like what, what that politician say? Okay, and I and like I said I'm an independent so I'll just go back to licking my paws like a cat cuz independents are like cats. You can't hurt us. Okay? 100%, yeah. I would you got it right there. I mean, you are in like ground zero. I mean, you are in one of those states and it's even better because you get to amend your constitution. OK, unlike, let's say, for instance, you get you take states like Maine, Alaska, Idaho, Washington, Utah and Wyoming. They're in Maine. I, I, I said Maine. Those are ballot initiative states, too. The problem is they only are able to pass and repeal state laws through the ballot initiative. They right. can't amend their state constitution through the ballot initiative. So they can right. pass something and then the government can say, ah, we don't like that and repeal it, alter it, weaken it or whatever. Now, most of those states I just mentioned have the power of the veto referendum. So they can be like, oh, you repeal our shit? Well, then we'll repeal your shit and snap our original law back into place. And they could keep going back and forth. You see what I'm saying? But Stagnation. when you're in, Yeah. So, but when you're able to amend your state constitution, the legislature has to ask you first, hey, can we um can we do something here? And you get to say yes or pound sand. You see what I'm saying? So you right. I mean, you you got it right there. Me and me and Case are not in ballot initiative states. You see what I'm saying? You like you can organize like right where you're at. You know, I understand people want to do this mass 
mass, uh, like what they're doing in Europe with that mass general strike. I'm all for that yeah. or whatever this is. But the thing is, I don't think that's coming. I think what we got to do first is do what we can locally on the ground and in our state to affect statewide change. You see what I'm saying? I really believe, I don't believe in me. I believe in we. Okay. Yeah. That's a we, good slogan. <laughs> yeah. That's a good slogan. And I think we should all believe that. Yes. I believe in us. We can, we can do this. You, you can start something. I'm currently, I'm going to be trying to help Arizona for Arizona for Medicare for all coalition to try to, I'm pushing them to, to push a ballot initiative for Medicare for all, Arizona Medicare for all. Now, Arizona is one of those states where they can, one of those ballot initiative states, right, where they can go completely around their state legislature. Like, unlike a, like a Massachusetts, which is an indirect state, where with an indirect state, before you, um, after you file for an, for an initiative, and then you get enough signatures for it to appear on the ballot, it goes before the state legislature. Let me first. ask you a question. Do you think that all these signatures that, that we do, like all these walk arounds and talking to the neighbors, do you think that it gets to the politicians to do the action to make it change? Oh, you mean pushes them? Yeah. Does it push them? I got a perfect example for you right here, bro. <laughs> Roger, you're an intelligent motherfucker. I love you, man. <laughs> so thank you, um, you know, I'm big on public banking, right? Or well, I don't know if you know that. I don't anyway, know anything about it. I just heard you today. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah. Well, anybody, that knows me, anybody that knows me knows that I'm big on three things. Public banking, worker co-ops, ballot initiatives. I put that above everything. After that, right below that, it's like, you know, the environment, um, outlawing private equity from owning housing and hospitals and clinics and all that stuff. Medicare for all, New York health, all that shit, right? Anyway. Let me tell you what happened. All right. So they were pushing um, the public bank coalition out in L.A. They were trying to push um, a ballot initiative that would give a permission slip where the state would give a permission slip to localities, to municipalities to start their own public bank. And they was just like, you know, Gruesome Newsome was like, eh, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. So it's like, oh, fuck it. Then we'll do a ballot initiative. And it got so much momentum that because I just told you politicians have egos, the the initiative got so much momentum, they decided to jump out ahead of it and pass it anyway so they could get the credit. Oh, look what I done. <laughs> okay. Because mm -hmm. they have egos. If you got to know how to work these people's egos, if you know how to work someone's ego, you can control them. You see what I'm saying? You know who you know who's working the ego of all the politicians? Money. Well, Money yeah. and power. Money and power. I mean, oh, yeah, you well, can that. Yeah. Yeah, you can but, push uh, a politician so far and we can scream to the loudest, you know, window. And that's and, why yeah. right. And that's and, why I need you mm -hmm. to focus on getting them ballot initiatives going. Florida Medicare for all. Florida I would love I would love all that for all that to happen, but I think that we need a coalition, a galvanized coalition what? of all of us, not but, just but, but, the you rhetoric can do of that in your state, though. 
start with your state. Start with them. I'm pretty sure you can find people in your state. You know what I'm saying? We have a we have a network up here in New York State called NIPAN. Okay, it's called New York Progressive Action Network. And they got different autonomous chapters all over the state. And they all operate independently, but they all like, you know, come together for like certain things or whatever the case is. You can you know what I'm saying? Start where your your charity begins at home. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You you, you gotta start where you're at. That's what I'm saying, bro. You got you gotta start where you're at. The, you, with your well, what Case just said about starting with your neighbor. Yeah, that's why I, that's that's where I got that from from Case. Case was the one that dropped that in my head. I'm like, uh, my neighbors, they are voting Republican and blue. They don't. Oh, they don't. No, my neighbors no, but, are not. No, but you see, this is what I'm saying. The be- here's the thing. And I tried to talk to them. I tried to explain to them, like, you need to get more educated on what's happening because right now you're just voting blind. Right, right. But no, no, I'm I'm trying to separate the politician from the initiative and just talk policy. Okay, this is universal shit. Like ballot initiatives are most successful when they're universal. Okay, if you go to some most people, when they vote for a human being, they're voting based on three things. They ain't voting on policy. They're voting on familiarity, alphabet Correct. letter next to the name, That's and emotion. That's it. And I've the only people on this call vote based on policy. And we are the minority of the minority of the minority. Okay. 100%. People people are not us. We do we do crazy shit like that, like actually vote based on policy. Okay? So the only way to get people to vote on policy is to put the policy in front of them in a ballot initiative. You're mo- you're removing the, the the I mean look, your state passed the thing that that uh um, It's not my state, man. It's not my state. Okay. <laughs> I just I just I just dwell here, man. It's not my state. I, I, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying, but I'm a just, I'm just one man. I'm just one man, right? And I'm over here. Tr- I'm learning my way around this, these politics right now. And what I see Understood. is my people suffering. And I don't think that the way through to get to where we want to go, to where we want to be, to have all these things like Medicare for all, like healthcare, and and in a positive way of living our lives, like with with a with a good wage, that we can like lift our head up and like we don't we don't have to do crime criminal shit just to stay above water, just to pay our bills. So right now, I don't think that talking to these politicians is working, man. I I, I hear you. I'm not saying, saying talk to politicians though. I, I no, said I'm nothing saying, about like, talking. No, I'm saying like, you know, doing initiatives and all this stuff, but I think that it has to be something stronger. Something Florida. something that, something that they, they can't turn away from. Because right now they, they can they could just look at a piece of paper like all oh, these people are yelling at us and you know they don't think that we're doing a good job. But then they just like, Oh, hey, I'm getting I'm getting what I have and I don't care about these people. Florida uh, New York. New York is actually not that good, actually, you know, right now. Well, let me, <laughs> can I, let me chime in here for just a second. I also want to make sure I, I might make some other people speakers, too, so people get a chance. Um, but I think what Roger is referring to, Saul, when he talks about the ballot initiatives, 
you don't need to talk to politicians to get that done. Yeah, I understand that, Sabi. I understand that part. <laughs> so you li- you live in a state where you guys can get that done. So like, for example, you know, people say, oh, it's only the blue states that are getting these things done. Florida, for, based on what I've seen voting wise, Florida is a red state. There is a couple of blue counties, but oh, overall totally Florida is, is totally technically red. a red state. Florida passed $15 minimum wage. That was a progressive policy. Not to mention the thing with the uh, with the what you talked about today, Sabby, about when they passed in twenty eighteen, yep. United felons' right to vote. Yep, that was also a progressive policy. So this is the thing: when you remove the policies from the politician, and you just put the policies in front of the people, and there's mm-hmm. no politician atta- uh, attached to it, it has mm-hmm. a better chance of passing. I think Bad Cookies said something really good right here. He says, so is saying is how do you gain them and move the way? How do you gain? Head to your pickup at 544 Palisade Avenue. Damn, Roger, you got to go. Yeah, he says, um, uh, what I was trying to say, like Bad Cookies actually nailed it. He says, how do you gain support for a ballot in uh, intuitives in a red state? The same way people gain support for it in red states. With ballot initiatives, the biggest thing is you have to go out and collect the signatures, right? So that's that's the big thing. That's that's the hardest part is going out and collecting the signatures. So when you're collecting the signatures, that is your way of introducing the idea to people. But then also, too, is that there are going to be ads. There are going to be ads for the, we get them all the time in Massachusetts. So they're already running them now for the ballot initiatives for next month. And there's going to be ads that go against it. And there's going to be ads that go for it. But I got to tell you in terms of like those progressive policies, we, we have actually passed some of those policies in Massachusetts through ballot initiatives. And that's the thing. And this is why I told you this guy, this never made sense to me. This whole idea that, Bernie Sanders got second place in Massachusetts during the Democratic primary and Joe Biden got first place. This shows you the disconnect between the policies and the politician, because some of Bernie Sanders policies actually passed as a ballot initiative. But people didn't heavily come out and vote for Bernie Sanders over Joe Biden. Which proves what Roger Meadows was saying is that people are not connecting the policy. They're not voting for the politician based on the policy. They're voting on the politician that they think is actually going to win. So people that voted for Joe Biden, a lot of them here at least voted for him because they thought he would actually beat Donald Trump. That doesn't mean that they didn't like Bernie Sanders policies. So what do you do? You separate the policies from the politician and you put those policies on the ballot as a ballot initiative. That's how you get it done. So I'll give you a couple examples that passed here. One that passed here recently was um, uh, paid family leave. That was one of Bernie Sanders' policies. That started last year. $15 minimum wage in Massachusetts, we passed that years ago. So when Bernie Sanders even ran and had that on his platform, Bernie Sanders was already behind. And this is what I think some people may not understand. He was already behind the the, the curve. 
The other one, legalizing marijuana, that was a ballot initiative that we passed here years ago. So did it, did it pass over there? Like, when you see people like Bernie and some of these other progressives, now that I look back on it, when they came forward with these policies on their platform, they were already behind. Right. Right. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, I'm echoing right now. Um, yeah, I, I did it pass over there, like the legalized marijuana. Yeah, that that we passed that years ago. So you have legal weed in Massachusetts. Yeah, years ago. We're the only state. I'll have to double check because I know I believe Connecticut did it too. At the time, we were the only state on the East Coast that had legalized marijuana. But then what happened is that put pressure on the surrounding states to do the same thing. Yeah, for votes, right? Like the well, there, no, there was no, there's, there's no politician attached to this at all. This is why we have like, so when people... I make that joke sometimes that my friends will be like, oh, I haven't seen you in a while. I'm going to come up there to Massachusetts. They make that joke because we have legal weed here. We have weed shops. And for a while, we were the only one. So I think I think Connecticut has it now. I have to double check again. I think Connecticut has it now. I think it's also legal in Maine. And I think it's also legal in Vermont. But it started with us. Well, New York, does it, does New York have like legal marijuana now? I thought it was. I think they may now. I think they yeah. may now, but that's what people have to understand. We passed it years ago. Can so how to, oh, my sorry, go ahead, Roger. Uh, yes, go ahead, we, Roger. yes, we do. You know why we do? I'm looking for you. Initiatives. <laughs> no, no, well, yeah, kind of like what happened was, um, they had uh, they had pressure put on them by the initiative states. It, the battle begins in the states, and the states that it begins with are the ballot initiative states. It starts in those states first, and then the states with no ballot initiative, then they feel, oh, jump in, the water's good. They dip their toe in, and then they whole body is in. But it starts with the ballot initiative states. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 And you're in a ballot initiative state, so I don't want to hear no excuse. <laughs> right. And there's no. I don't, and the, the I cool wish thing, I. The cool thing about BIs is there's no party affiliation attached to it. Exactly. It's just a policy. Mm -hmm. Let me put you. Uh, on um, Florida. Florida is like prime for like marijuana being legalized because there's so many. Uh, entrepreneurs here in Florida that already grow their own stock and they do on low key and and they do the, the medicinal thing, you know, they get their licenses or whatever. Well, that, that's but, what I think. I'm sorry. So uh, that's why I think. Go ahead, Sabby back, please. I think Sabby and Roger are telling you that exact thing, man, is that if, if you have a, a, a ballot initiative like that, where you know it's got support from the public, keep it free of the red versus blue game and let the policy speak for itself. And once it goes into the ballot initiative, if it is as popular as you believe it is, which I, I firmly believe you're correct, the policy itself will stand on its own and it'll pass on its own because it's free of political biasness. 
Now, if you want to uh, increase the outreach of your messaging for that, be sure to make sure you do not bring in any political biases. Don't talk politics, just talk policy. Am I correct in my assumptions, Abby? Yeah, correct. Yeah, you're correct. Back case, you're 100%. Yeah, that's how it works. So the thing is, is like, and there's other things we passed here too, like right to repair, which is a big one. If you are a small business owner, and let's say, I I know we passed it for automotive. Right to repair was huge when that passed here. Because basically what that meant was that when you're looking at the, the, um, the car, not the car dealers, the car repair shops, so they have certain source codes, right? So when you go get your car fixed, there's like these codes and all that shit. <laughs> Sorry. They was like, let's run no, a diagnostic check. But there's all these codes and stuff. Well, apparently what I didn't know for a long time is that a lot of like the major like dealerships, they would have access to codes that like these mom and pop repair shops would not have because they were small businesses. So we passed right to repair as a ballot initiative in 2020. So that meant that now those small like mechanic shops or whatever, now they have access to all that stuff. So that's better for the people because now you can take your car to a local mechanic and get the same things done if they got the source codes and not have to take it somewhere else expensive to get it done. You can also have right to repair with electronics as well. So that was like a huge thing here. Um, Go on. Who else is talking? Nobody's talking. Well, no, I. Well, yeah, go ahead. I think go ahead. Back. The point was made is that once uh, once you get your ballot initiative up and running, man, it's it's hard to stop it. So if if you want, I, I think this is the point Roger was making is you are in a position where you can actually be the change you want to see. And uh, if you really want to, man, start making the moves and start making uh, the actions you need to do to get that ballot initiative. You can be that person, man. Like Roger says, the person you want to see make the changes is the person right in the mirror, is you yourself. I don't have the fucking balls to do that. But if you had the balls, man, (laughs) you can do it. It's the same thing that whole Washington is trying to do right now in Washington State. They were able to get a number on the ballot initiative and so they're fighting for universal health care in Washington state. So now the people get to vote on that policy. And now it's like they don't have to vote for Bernie Sanders or hope that Bernie Sanders will win to get that enacted. They can just vote on the policy as a ballot initiative. And so th- this kind of thing is big. And, and I will say for people who live in these states that have ballot initiatives, like, for example, TYTs in California, why aren't they talking about this? It's not cost effective. (laughs) Right. Like this is why I tell people that local politics is the fastest way to get some of these progressive policies done. I told you guys like what I think it was the past last week, either last week, earlier this week and last month, two cities in the United States are already starting UBI pilot programs. So that would be awesome. These ideas, these progressive ideas, they didn't go away. They're just being implemented at the local level, not so much at the national level. And the problem with implementing it at the national level is you have to get through Congress and then you have to get through the Senate. And as long as you have that that roadblock in the Senate, and let's be honest, even if they get the two Senate seats filled uh, for the Democrats, the majority of the Democrats in the Senate are not progressive. 
So those policies are still not going to pass. And that's why it frustrates me when I hear people like Bernie Sanders telling people we got to get two more people and then we can get this legislation passed. No, bullshit. You He's still lying. Don't. He's outright exactly. lying to everybody. And um, all these people that are like pundits for, for the establishment, like, you know, TYT, uh, David Dole and the Humanist Report and all these people, they're lying directly to your face. I don't know how people can still watch these people. They are just lying to your face. And what, what uh, Roger was telling me, I'm going to investigate that. Now I know I have a little power as a little man like I am. I'm going to go out there and do my ballot initiative and try to get, you know, marijuana, like, legalized because that it's a good income for, like, the whole state. Yep. For, for individuals, for – it will just raise our – it would just raise us from poverty, basically. Because- it would increase your revenue. Make sure to stick to that one, because in Florida, they're all about fucking money, dude. And if you say hey, it'll increase revenue, lower taxes, and help out uh, the economy, you will fucking have them. Don't ever mention any fucking political party, dude. It's there's true. a guy, yeah, there's a guy in Alaska, a very rich man that I know that I work with. And he was waiting for for legalized marijuana in Florida, so he's he could open his own shop down here. And I was like, oh my god, I wish, like, I want that to happen because this will, this is not just about the 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 plant itself. It's about the economics of it, how it can raise people up from their poverty, and also be um, a way for people to actually get better better like health because marijuana has a lot of health uh positive uh, things that it can do for you i mean it, it from from uh, autism to like a lot of uh, ptsd it has so many values and i've been trying like i've been speaking to i've been i don't i don't know about like what um roger was saying like the case uh, uh um the initiatives I, I just learned that from right now because I just looked it up. I was like, okay, I didn't know I, I had the power to do that. But now that I know that, I could speak to this guy that has the actual money and the actual connections to actually push this through, you know, in Florida. He's in Alaska right now, by the way, but he lives, he has a house here in Florida. <laughs> Sal, let me just say this real quick. Um, I will add Alaska has universal basic income. They get it from the oil. Yeah, company. yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's a red state. So this just goes to show you, that's why I'm saying like, you know, if, if we can drive the focus more towards that, like most Republicans I've spoken to think that marijuana should be legal. So th- this is really be. not a partisan issue. It really no, is if you think, think about it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that they're just trying to keep it off. And this is just decriminalize marijuana, by the way. They should just take it off, you know, whatever level they have it, like in uh, – because cops right now, if you're, like, smoking up and they smell weed on you, they will take you to jail here in Florida. So Nobody cares here. Yeah. <laughs> here in Florida, even though they, they even though it's medicinal, like, you can, like, have your card and everything, and you have it for, like, your health you know, your, your personal health care, they, they will still take you to jail because that is something that, by the way, Florida cops are terrible. Oh my God. They're the bullies of bullies. I had confrontations with cops down here for not even, I'm not even on weed or anything. They just like, Oh, you're, you, you passed me too fast kind of thing. They just stopped me for that. Like you caught me off or something. 
So Florida is like terrible on all laws, man. They don't even care about the law. They just do whatever they want down here. But like what um, Roger was telling me, like now I have a little a little knowledge about getting my word out there. So I thank Roger for that. And I thank Sabby for that too. Before you go, Sal, I just want to say this. If you're going to go do the ballot initiative for um, weed, also you have to also do a ballot initiative. I don't mean to put too much work on you, but no, you do it, man, do it. You also have to do a ballot initiative for a public bank. Okay, so the way okay, good. So the way um, the public bank works is this. The only public bank, oh yeah, just like I told you that they passed it with um, California, cities in California can have public banks now. So the only public, state public bank we have is the Bank of North Dakota. All right. So the main, the main thing, the main thing that, the main thing that a public bank does No, Roger. Yeah, we can hear Roger, you. I think you you're, you're falling off a little bit, though. Yeah, very low. All right, so let me call, let me let me put you let me go back on mute real quick. Oh, you were fine just now. I come back. You're good now. Oh, okay. So the main thing that a public bank does is it takes in taxes instead of it going to Wall Street, okay? And the thing with the, the thing about it, 49 states sends their taxes to downtown Manhattan to get processed because their community banks and credit unions don't have the processing capability to process their taxes. So they send them down to Wall Street to get processed and Wall Street sends the taxes back to the states and the municipalities with a high interest rate processing fee. Now, governors and mayors got to figure out a way to pay for those, that high interest processing fee. The way they do it is they either have to raise taxes, cut public services, or start privatizing everything. Okay? Exactly. So what a public bank does, it doesn't allow the taxes to leave the state. Instead, it gets deposited into the public bank. And as a result... What banks do is they print money out of thin air once they. Let get me ask license. you a question. I think Bad Cookies had a little uh, good uh, take on this. Uh, before countries do their banking, or until the capitalism, I missed. I missed that last part. You sound low. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm right here. Uh, I said uh, until capitalism shows up, because every time that uh, anything that starts helping the public, capitalism shows up. You know, the government shows up and says, no, you can't do this anymore. You have to work through us before you can get, you know, any any benefits from it. Okay. Um, so so what so what I was saying, right, was that. Um, Watch out for destruction on road ahead. It deposits. Oh, yeah. It takes the deposit. It marks them up. And then it issues out lines of credit to um it issues outlines of credit to uh finance public works projects that creates jobs in the public sector and 
what that does is, oh, I can't go that way. It creates jobs in the public sector that generates more state income. Oh, he fell out. Sabi, come back. On. I don't know what happened. I told you guys. Yeah, he fell out for a second. Um, I want to make sure I get through other people. It's also it's also that he's calling from a phone. Also that it, it also get glitchy. I want to make sure I get to other people too. So see the change. I see you're the speaker. Saul, I'm going to go ahead and bring in Lance too. Go ahead. Thank you, Savvy, for your attention anyway. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right, Lance, you're on. See the change. You're a speaker. Bad cookies. Go ahead and jump in, guys. All right, real quick. Uh, I'm sorry, Lance. My shit's real quick. It's only going to take like a fucking minute. Uh, to the original, original topic that you had, Sabby, about fucking the squad being fake and shit, I wanted to be the only one that would like to say that I think at one point the squad actually, I think AOC and the squad actually did have intentions of trying to change shit, but the the spooks got to them and, and they're just falling in line right now. And, and it's a conspiracy theory that I believe in is that once they got in, uh, Mama Pelosi and the CIA came and had a little conversation with them and told them, hey, you know, do what we say or, you know, your aunt falls down some fucking stairs or some shit. So I think at like if you look early, early, early on on, on AOC, AOC's career, she kind of tried to do something, but they slapped that shit down and made sure she bent the knee right away. And I, I'm more than positive that the, the spooks had something to do with this. That's all I wanted to say. Thank you for your time. Yeah, I, I, I often wonder if AOC was controlled opposition from the very beginning. But um, Case, feel free to jump in here as well. And Lance, and we'll see the change. I think you unmuted. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was I was just going to say, and how are y'all doing this evening? I was just going to say, um, I think the person that disappointed me the most was Nina Turner. And I say that because it, it seemed like there weren't many, especially Black women, uh, talking... Yeah, talking about progressive, you know, policies and things of that nature. And she's very convincing. Like, would you see her talking and, and, and she's saying the right things and she's making the right movements. And I mean, I, I, I always have to bring the race aspect into it. Sometimes I'm sorry about that, but look, that's the way it is. Sometimes Bernie not doing anything didn't really surprise me. It not, not like it did with Nina Turner. And then I want to say there was like um, uh, she had set up some kind of event with AOC during the time of the Medicare for all March. And I think a lot of people were really outraged by that because neither one of them said anything about it on their platforms or, or, or anything. And I think that that really could have been a big turnaround and it's always been just, I don't know. And then I saw her on TYT and I'm like, what, like, where did that come from? But I, I will say one thing though. I, when I first like got to know her, her husband is a cop. He's a police officer. Mm -hmm. Like, how does that work? I, I, you know what I mean? That just, I don't know if that was a red flag, a hint. I don't know what, but wasn't that kind of strange? Mm -hmm. Like, how are you going to be progressive and, and, you know, defund the police and, you know, you want to tamp down on police violence and police killing? Yeah, and I want to say her son is actually a, a police officer too. I think he followed in his daddy's footsteps. Mm -hmm. so, work. 
you know? Come on now. Nuance. Yeah. Uh, and I complexity. I don't think a lot of people realize that. I think it talks to, it, that talks to the nuance and complexity of people's lives. Because from what I understand, her husband was the person that introduced her to Bernie. Right? So, um, and he's a cop. So, yeah, there's a lot of complexities and, and a lot more to uh, situations as far as like AOC and like if she was con- dip going to Hello? Um, politics, various reasons for narcissistic reasons, etc. But there are people that go into politics genuinely wanting to change it and they just slowly get co-opted. That's why I, I would love to do the, like... Um, I think I might really do some research and, and create this workshop in the future about how people get into politics and slowly just get co-opted by the machine and do a case study on that. Cause yeah. it's a lesson that needs to be learned for future people like you and me, like out, let me speak for myself. I'm never going to go into politics. My wife already told me she'll divorce me and I love my wife very much. So I will not be going into politics, but I could go like if I became a congressperson and then you're seeing all these people, you see these perks, you're meeting stars and they're like, oh, come, come to this party. Now you're like, oh, I want to go to the next party. Well, if you don't vote on this, you're not going to come to the next party. You got it. If you want to be part of the club, like people get slowly co-opt. It's just human nature. It's, it, it's not doesn't necessarily have to be so simple that, oh, they're paying people off or they're grifters and this and this. It's people slowly getting co-op. I remember a picture of AOC. Um, she was with John Legend. She was with um, John Legend's wife. And there's a whole bunch of celebrities that mm-hmm. as soon as she got elected, this is what happened to her. So, so uh, when you yeah. when you say it is slowly happens, case like I hear you, but it didn't seem like it took that long for this this group of progressive to, to change. This isn't like a over a four or five or six year span. Like within months, AOC was on the cover of magazines. You know, all of them, they were on the cover of magazines. Now they're getting book deals. Oh, you're going to galas. You're going to wear a dress that says tax the rich, but you're still there. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I don't, how slowly does this process happen if, if that's the case? That's a good question. I, I, I see the change. It's it's definitely a, a slow uh, process. I think they zero money and thousand um, uh, dollars. You're going to want to keep that job. So that's definitely part of it. And I just want to say, you mentioned the AOC dress. I just want to say um, a metaphor. My wife, uh, I thought it was excellent. She said, "Imagine a pastor." Uh-oh. I think you're cutting out, Case. And Jesus yeah, saves and making it rain. You know, like, is is he justified? You know, nope, he's not. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you guys, I found out today, and I'll be talking about this uh, Friday night. I found out today AOC is worth $29 million, and she's making like $400,000 a month. What? Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. Like everybody likes to point towards their salary in Congress, but they make more than that on the side. Wow. So that's scary that like she hasn't even been there long and she's already worth $29 million. So let that sink in. Mm-hmm. 
Lance, you want to mm -hmm. go ahead? Just have to unmute. Yeah, I think um, she follows in the footsteps of uh, like John Kerry and Barack Obama. People said this about John Kerry, who uh, apparently actually, uh, you know, served heroically in Vietnam and all that. But nevertheless, he was walking around with a Super 8 camera and people in his squad were like, man, this guy, he looks like he wants to run for president someday. Why is he video, you know, taping everything back in the 60s? Uh, Obama, same thing. When he became the uh, first black Harvard president of the Harvard you know, Law Review, he already, that your presidential material, especially if you're white, black, or whatever you are, but being the first black to be the president of the Harvard, you know, law review and constitutional. So, when, and it's, it's, I've actually discovered this recently. I guess maybe part of the story about his uh, library. Oh my God. Just wants to just gobble up parts of Chicago like Clinton did with Harlem. But um, when he was a so-called community organizer in Chicago, he just pushed everybody aside. He just crushed them, made it look like he was always the guy you know, tr tr trash people that were doing the similar things. He, the community organizing thing was just a path to the presidency. That was, he said, yeah, this will be a good gig. I'll go to a big city, get some high profile, boom, boom. He was already thinking about the presidency. AOC, we all know this now too, it's a fact. She said, oh yeah, that'll be a good gimmick. She was already a grad. She already had done internships. She'd already had connections with Washington and everything else. And she said, oh yeah, let's do the bartender thing which was just a gig at a high-priced place where she was making great money, a manager, and I think maybe a part owner and a few percent, whatever. But, you know, oh, yeah, let's do the, let's do the working-class gig. That, that'll that be a good stick to get elected. So she was a sell-up before she even, you know, when she was running, just like Clinton in Arkansas and Obama and all the rest of them. They didn't sell out later. They was baked in the cake, I think, uh, in terms of their ambition. They've been weather vane, they were weather vanes in their teens when they first entered college. You know, their ambition was, you know, baked – probably were talking about I want to be president someday when they were in third grade, you know, only meant it. Anyway, that's my, that's my take on all these people. Cause that's what politicians are. That's what they do. They, yeah. That's a, that's a good point. Lance. What they do is they find a parade that works for them and jump out in front and then lead it. You know what? Yeah. That's right. And, and, and to bad cookies point, you know, like in the beginning, like she was protesting outside of Nancy Pelosi's office. You know, I remember that and I was being like, Oh, hell Yeah. You know, she's fighting against the corporate Democrats. That's what I'm talking about. You know, I was I was excited and pumped. And then it changed. It shifted well, pretty quickly. Yeah. It changed, but I think she was just doing it to be performative anyway. And I think what happened is I, I just think I could write the script. I think she painted a picture, too, when she went to Mama Bear mode was a little talk about the girl from Baltimore rough and tough Baltimore, like rough and tough Bronx and, you know, working up through the system and look where I am now. I'm Nancy Pelosi and I'm a person of color then, or I mean, Italian then when it meant something to be, oh, you were discriminated against, you you know, Hispanic and, you know, and gave her the spiel and said, you could be me if you just played a game for the next so many decades, you know, just, just like people do. They, they paint, you know, they give them a starry eyed thing or, and I'm sure this was subtly said, or you could be crushed and never think about running for anything again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because Baltimore's like San Francisco. They're ruthless, like way more than like even New York. 
they're like they're like the, some two of the most ruthless, uh, just like openly corrupt, just horrible cities in the country. Everybody knows that that knows anything about politics. L.A. and New York are like too big. So I think Boston, too, I think, Sabby, I'm not sure, but I think they're in that category. Maybe they're not as bad, but I know San Francisco, man, they're openly, even in the 80s, were very openly mafia run. And, um, you know, Baltimore, even to this day, it's horrible. And that's where she came up. So anyway, I, I that, that's on that. But Yeah, you guys, like Providence, Rhode Island, I don't know if you guys know this, but Providence, Rhode Island's uh, uh previous mayor like this was a couple years ago he was busted for racketeering he was part of the mob like it just <laughs> it, it doesn't get more corrupt than that like it's just it's it's just absolutely ridiculous but oh yeah in, in maryland i, I want to hear your opinion in reference to force the vote because you missed the first one the first room crashed on me but the the question was do you think that Sam Cedar and TYT actually hurt the force the vote movement. Um, oh, the original question. See, if I could just kind of almost like go go kind of beyond that in the sense that the idea that that's controversial, it's just so exasperating, bemusing, frustrating, and just like, oh my God, because in the sixties, the idea that 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 that, that it would be con- that would it be controversial to even ask for a vote on something progressive. I mean, I mean, I get it. We're not where we were, and this is not nostalgia of the sixties. It's just factual fact. People, oh, you're talking about the sixties again? No, it's not nostalgia. Nixon vetoed the Clean Air, Clean Water Act, which it, one of them, Clean Clean Water Act, and it was overridden. He didn't realize. It's like there was no choice. There was too many. You had liberal Republicans then, actually. He wasn't one, but, you know, and so that's where that's where things were. And so it's like, oh, my God, it's insane. And, of course, Sam Cedar, all, you know, hypocrite, you know, all that, you know. And it's like it all comes down to this. And I don't know where Sam Cedar grew up. I had plenty of beef with Jimmy Dore. I think sometimes he's given things that. And his, his name's on everything. He's responsible. But I think he's misinformed about a few things here and there. But he gets it. He knows the whole system's rotten to the core. Both sides are bad as each other. And he's a working class guy. Hello. It's all about the haves and the have-nots. So he gets it. So it doesn't mean you can be a have and not get it. But very rarely. So if you're poor, if you know poorness, <laughs> then you get it. And he gets it. And it's all about the have and the have not. I mean, that's what it really boiled down to, you know. Well said. Well said, Lance. I want to make sure that we kind of bring in Dave here. Lance, oh, I'm going to mute, but if I could chime in later and just stay on the thing, I wanted to talk an update about since that was on the subject was about the co-op thing. Oh, but just briefly, too, about NYPIRG. The first, and I've been so, I'm, an, I'm a seasoned cynic about a lot of things, but an optimist, too. The first group I ever got involved with on the left was NYPIRG, which was, of course, no surprise, started by Ralph Nader. There's 50 PIRGs and, you know, CalPIRG, NYPIRG, USPIRG, you know, and the Public Interest Research Group. And it's completely nonpartisan, and it's about getting legislation through state legislatures. You know, and they're still around. They're still around. You know, they're actually quietly uh, doing their job, too. Uh, You know, they're not, you know, but anyway. Um, But. My worker co-op that's going to be run by prisoners. It's it's progressing. It's in like the second phase, and I really think it's going to happen. So yeah. 
That's awesome, Lance. Thank you so much. But yeah, I'll mute. But if I'll either recall or you know wait until it's my turn again, maybe and talk about that for a minute. But um, well, let me. I, I want to bring in the other callers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just wait for a while. Um, okay, so Dave, you are on the mic. You just have to unmute. Just got to hit the unmute button. Okay, I don't know what happened to Dave. Um, I can invite Dave as a speaker. And I'll go ahead and bring in Jay. Jay, you are the next caller. Just have to unmute. How are you? Uh, thank you very much for having me on right here. Hi, Apollo. Uh, hey, how are you? Um, <laughs> I mean, I've been waiting on call for a while, so I, don't, I completely lost my train of thought. Do you mind if I just take this combo anywhere, like as as long as it relates to the uh, topic? Sure, go ahead. Yeah, sorry, guys. The first room crashed. I don't know what happened. I was like, what happened? Yeah, I saw that, and then uh, I was actually one of the earlier callers, and then for some reason, my phone glitched, and I hung up, and then had to get it back in line, and anyway, whatever. Uh, I think towards the earlier part of the convo, um, what I will say, though, just about force the vote, and, um, and yeah, but about force the vote in general, like, it, it's not really supposed to be a... It is sad that it has to be like a separate sort of action, you know, to force the vote. I mean, like, this is why we elected AOC and Congress for and the squad and everybody and other progressives. Like, it's not supposed to be something that we have to separately tell them to do, you know. Um, in the case of force the vote, it was about Medicare for all. Like, yeah, we elect you in Congress to fight for Medicare for all. And force the vote is a way to fight for Medicare for all. Like, we didn't need to tell her that. We didn't need to tell the rest of the squad that. They just needed, they should have done that on their own, on their own volition, you know? Um, I actually worked for AOC's campaign. Like, uh, the person she said that she was while she was running is not the person that she is right now. And uh, I didn't see the full uh, recent clip about her dancing when people are protesting her. And I don't know who the people were when they, uh, like, I don't know who the protesters are either. So, you know, just as a disclaimer, I, I, I'm not aware of that. But just the optics of that alone is very cringe. You know, it's like, I'm in office, you're not, you're peasants, I'm, I'm here, get on my level. Like, it just comes off as so condescending, so, like, such bullshit. And her to outright lie about the other protesters in the previous town hall. Um, where she said uh, it was it was something about like fun, funding Ukrainians, uh, U Ukrainian Nazis, and shit like that. Um, some protesters were calling her out, and she basically said, "I don't know what she said in, in the in the town hall, but she basically said, oh no, no, they were not, uh, they were not leftists. They were like talking over some deaf person or whatever.' Just being so condescending, like it's just like." 
the overall point I'm trying to get at is this is not the person that I put my time, money, and energy into. Like this is this is a fraud, honestly, at the end of the day. Like that that that's really what I'm most frustrated about. Um she played a really nice act during the primary and during um her initial stages of running into office. And I kinda sorta know her personally, not too well. Um and it's something that if you do know her personally, you would not expect from her. So that's why I'm just so shocked that like this is who she turned out to be. Anyway, that was a long rant, but yeah, that that's sort of was on my mind. But yeah, go ahead if you guys want to get anything. That's in. an interesting point, Case. Um, I want to get your opinion as well. That's really interesting. It's always nice to hear from people that actually worked, um, you know, on the campaign or like canvas for like some of these candidates as well. It's always nice to hear from from those individuals. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like she's a different person too. And sometimes I wonder, maybe this is who she really was, or maybe she was that way. And then she got there and maybe she had a talking to by Nancy Pelosi or other uh, corporate Democrats who had been there for a while and told her like, if you want a career at this, if you want to stay longer, you know, this is what you're going to have to do. And I, and I say that because I had this discussion with Cynthia McKinney and Cynthia McKinney explained that's the same speech that was given to her. I mean, with AOC, well, with AOC, it's kind of hard to tell for me because there's uh, just from like the exposure I have with her, it is, uh, I see, I can see both sides. Um, I think we talked about this on the previous call in before. Um, I also worked on Ayanna Presley's campaign. With Ayanna Presley, it was clear from the get-go uh, immediately after she got into office that she's a career politician. Because I had, because I worked on a campaign too, Ayanna Presley's, and um, friends from her campaign told me, "Yeah, no, dude, we were duped. Um, she's pretty much a typical career politician, the typical Democrat who wants to, who's only looking out for herself, etc." But with AOC. I actually don't know because on one hand, she did do something nice in the beginning, you know, like the staging the uh, the uh, Sunrise Movement protests in front of Pelosi in, in front of Pelosi's office. Like that's probably the night the best thing I can say about her after she got elected. Like that that's that's what I that's what I worked for, you know. Like that's what I was expecting when she got into office. But once once she got into office, I feel like. Uh, once she and a lot uh, a lot of other people get into office, I do feel like they go they run for office with good intentions, but and but they end up getting like uh, corrupted over time just because like that's that's the nature of the environment. Um, however, it's really hard to say because AOC did come from a more privileged background than she wants to let on. Uh, like I I also know her brother and he is a stockbroker. Um, she she did grow up uh, grow up moderately kind of wealthy, etc. And um, about her tax the rich stunt in uh, during the Met Gala, that's that was actually pre-approved by the Met Gala itself. So a lot of people don't know this, but every single person who attends the Met Gala has to have their outfit pre-approved by Anna Winter. Who is um, for those of you guys that don't know, Anna Winter is the CEO of Vogue, and uh, she authorizes everybody who gets to enter the Met Gala. But she also 
gets to authorize the outfit they wear, like right down to their cufflinks. Oh no, your cufflinks are a, uh, a inch too higher, inch too low. Like she, like she is very in the weeds as far as like every little single thing about the Met Gala goes, right down to the attendees, right down to their outfits, right down to exactly what they can wear. Um, so she basically had to get pre-approval from Anna Winter to join the Met Gala to wear that tax the rich shit, you know? Um, so that sort of tells me that, yeah, no, she's in it for the career, but the protest in front of Pelosi's office tells me that she's kind of serious. So it's, it's really hard for me to really say where her, uh, origins lie. However, I guess her origins don't matter when her, when the outcome of everything she's doing is, pretty much the, uh, the same as any other typical Democrat, you know, voting to fund for additional cops for the Capitol Hill, uh, voting to fund for more um, arming of uh, Ukrainian Nazis, etc. Like it's, it's, it's just really disappointing at the end of the day to see that this is who leftists gave their time, money and energy towards. And, and also too, a lot of working class people, especially yeah yeah it's and and uh, you mentioned um sam cedar and uh, others earlier and uh, they still believe in funding aoc you know and what i have to say about that is even if i did believe in aoc even today even if i did believe in electoral politics in general i still don't think she's worth supporting even if i believed in her because she out fundraised uh, Pelosi in one election cycle, I think like two years ago in the previous one. Um, she out fundraised every single other Democrat, including Nancy Pelosi. So she doesn't need our money. She doesn't need our grocery money. She doesn't need our medication money. She doesn't need any of our support. She can get that elsewhere, you know? So for people to say to, to donate to her, it's one thing to say to donate to her if uh, she's actually delivering, but she's not delivering. But to ask us to donate to her when she's not delivering is just complete asinine, in my opinion. Yeah, Case, I want to get you in here. I, I think you want me Yeah, it. yeah. So I, I think <clears throat> I look at her actions. So before she ran for office, she interned at Ted for and uh, Ted Kennedy, right? Right. So that tells me that she had political aspirations to a certain extent, right? And then she um, ran as a justice Democrat, and while she was running, she went on every, a ton of YouTube. I remember she was on the small channels, big channels, all these different channels. Just which what you should do as as you're running to get your name out there. But then once she got elected, she never. As far as I know, and definitely somebody correct me if I'm wrong, she never went back to those same channels to say, hey, now that I'm elected and I'm, I have a little bit of star power, oh, she this never is did. at the, the very beginnings of her getting elected. She was she went on a lot of mainstream media. She could have said, hey, you know what? Let me go back to all these independent channels that gave me um, their platform. I'm going to help them get a, a little more eyes by me going back on their channel. She didn't think that way. Right. Um, and, and then once she uh, got elected, she talked about uh, you know, Nancy Pelosi. You know, I'm not going to vote for her. And um, and then slowly she talked about 
the, of course, the famous comment of calling her mama bear. How, you go from, I'm not going to vote for her to mama bear. It's just a slow transition into being co-opted, right? Then she had um, Char Chakrabarti was a, the Justice Democrat, like executive director. He became her chief of staff. And he was more of a radical in, in the sense of calling out corporate Democrats as chief of staff, which is something I'm pretty sure is not heard of. And that's why she got called into Nancy Pelosi's office and like a couple, either a week or a couple of days later, he was gone along with um, Corey, I think Corey Trent, I believe his name. He was also a justice Democrat that he became yeah. uh, her press person. And they were both people that are more of the radical side of, um, of being a Democrat. I, I hate the word radical, but the b- better word would be progressive. Like he, they were for the people and they were against the corporatists and they wore it on their sleeve while um, AOC brought somebody that used to work for Kamala and made her the chief of staff. I don't know who her chief of staff is currently, but I remember at that time it was um, she, he, she switched out Char Chakrabarti for somebody that used to work for Kamala and made her she came and worked for her staff, but then she elevated her to chief of staff. And you just see this progression of getting co-opted and co-opted. And people talk about how she's the future Nancy Pelosi. Well, she's going in that direction. You know, I'll be amazed to see where she would be five years from now, um, calling out for straight out war with whoever, you know, five years from now uh, is really just. Yeah. And I mean, and to that note, um, I was I'm gonna say she's to like sort of have. I'm sorry, go ahead, Savvy. I was gonna say, um, I, I think she's really showing people who she is. Um, and I'm not sure if everybody heard this story, but Zineb has has talked about the story on here before. So Zineb, her position in Justice Democrats, she actually used to write the communications for the organization, and she's talked about that on um on call in here before and she wrote them for all the candidates including AOC and what Zineb said is that when it came to AOC she said AOC wanted her to put down that she was a bartender because that sound more sellable that she was like working class or whatever and I asked Zineb and I said why wasn't it mentioned in her bio that AOC had also had a startup company that she had also done work for the government before abroad? A lot of people don't know about this. Like she had already worked for the government abroad. Oh, wow. And she said, because that's not what AOC wanted. She wanted an image that was going to be more sellable. Yeah, I mean, um, and it's strange that it never came out at the time. And you haven't won. It makes you wonder why, because that seems like information that would have totally changed our way of thinking at the time of that. And so that's an eyebrow raise in itself to the fact that um, they were able to, because even the media, even the mainstream media, who would have been, they would have been the ones, right, to like out that, but they didn't. Yeah, and uh, this is actually further corroboration with what what my friend said, who uh, ran for office. He was uh, his name is Peter Jacob. He he was also one of the 
first um, endorsement slates of Justice Democrats. They're like, yeah, we pre- we pretty much got sidelined because uh, Justice Democrats wanted to uh, focus on AOC because of all those reasons, because, um, you know, it was an easier race to win and because it would be easier for her to capitulate, et cetera, et cetera. Like, um, Uh, yeah, I, there I, was a time, though, there was a time that time is long past. There was a time, though, and that's what it's it's I mean, the whole thing is sad and depressing. But there was a time when when they were all first elected, where they had enough steam to really to 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 take the ball and run with it in the direction. And and that all fell that fell in its play and and why they i mean i don't know but it's just but they could have at the time but now i would even argue that they've hurt for you know chances in they people look at what's happened and look at the fact that you know so many people are like why should i put any money towards this candidate now or why should i do this or why should i do that you know cuz they they their hopes were you know diminished after you know seeing what's happened um but at the same time they still have a lot of support um but that it's um it's that the the they have the boutique left support um and they will they could actually i mean at this point now they'll be able to probably uh, unless we come in and like I say, strategize and I don't even know what that would be like, but it, and I think it would be something like we get you elected. Here's the agenda come next year. If we don't like what we see you, you, I, I, but I thought that's, I don't know. Like I thought that's what, um, I thought that was what was going to happen this time around, but to be honest, and they all, I was surprised that some of them got reelected and I didn't think that they deserved their reelection. I don't think they had good challengers. I mean, Ilhan Omar, her election like was close. She almost lost. Um, but the rest of them, I don't think they had good, good challengers. I really, yes. And I, and I will say this, I think that, it was working class people that got them in. And then after that, they just, they, they switched their focus to primarily trying to, to get that academic elite coastal class. And I know that because they did a tour. This was just a couple weeks ago and they came to Boston and it was announced they were coming here and they only went to Somerville, Cambridge and Boston. And for people who don't know, Boston is not working class anymore. It hasn't been for years since I've lived here. It's pri- uh, primarily professionals. Um, and so it's been very gentrified. They went to all the gentrified areas, you guys. They went to I mean, the it's... that were a part of Ayanna Presley's district. However, they avoided the areas of part of her district where the people were working class and heavily immigrant. So they avoided Chelsea, they avoided Everett, they avoided those areas and only catered to the academic elite class. Those are the people right now here that are. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much like taking our votes for granted, you know, like uh, you guys all remember that Chuck Schumer quote um, for every 
Democrat we lose will pick up two moderate Republicans in Pennsylvania, and you can repeat that strategy in Ohio and Minnesota and whatever. It's like she basically thinks that like she has her vote for granted. Like, who the fuck are we gonna vote for now? You know, like if it's not for AOC, then what the fuck are we gonna do? Like, I think that's the same mindset that she has as Chuck Schumer, except slightly further to the left of Chuck Schumer. Um, she's basically taking us for granted, and that's why she's only visiting the areas like the prof- uh, like the professional areas where um, she still thinks that she can gain some ground. She thinks she has this unlock, and that's, I think, the biggest mistake that a lot, almost every single politician makes, and especially that she can make, you know? Um, and it's going to fuck her, fuck her over, and she, she deserves to get fucked over for that, in my opinion. Hey, I want to ask, if, if you don't mind me, Sabi, I want to ask this question to um, everyone, and I, I'm just curious, like, what is that one thing that you would do if you were elected. So, for example, if you were AOC, if I was AOC, one thing that is a pet peeve that I would definitely do is I would hug the grassroots, meaning I would go on as many independent media as possible. And if if and there's and I can understand if you would want to shy away from certain ones that might totally disrespect you, then, you know, go to the ones that are cordial, but ask the tough questions, right? Like I would definitely feel, um, I would go on savvy your show, no problem. And other shows. Now, if you're going to cuss me out or call, you know, my family names, I can understand where you can get your feelings hurt. And, and that takes away the focus, but as long as it's politics, I will go on your show. So is there anything, um, else like I'll go, ask you savvy first like what is something that if you were aoc or in office what is something that you would definitely say i wish this progressive would do this i'm just curious well first of all i would have forced the vote (laughs) and and you know what you know what else i probably wouldn't be in office right now if i did and they knew that and that's why they didn't do it they knew that i would have forced the vote the independent media thing they really have no excuse because Rokana goes on independent media. Rokana is is more mm-hmm. Very you know, true. he's a little bit more I would say he's a little bit more um uh established. Like he has more experience, right? So Rokana is more established than they are. He wasn't originally a part of Justice Democrats. He was a part of brand new Congress. He was added to Justice Democrats. That was another thing that, that a lot of people may not understand. Pramila Jayapal and Ro Khanna were not originally a part of Justice Democrats. They were added after the fact. So they didn't uphold to those principles either. And there's really, you know, you can't really point to them and say, you're not doing this, this, and this, because they were a part of brand new Congress. Brand new Congress was a totally different thing. They decided to merge those two together, which I think was a mistake. So Ro Khanna goes on independent media. Ro Khanna came on my show. So, I mean, there's no excuse. So you mean to tell me Rokana can go on Bad Faith, Rokana can come on my show, Rokana can go on all these different independent media shows, but the people that we really, like, basically, like, helped get elected, the people who seriously, like, supported those progressive, like, squad members and stuff like that, they won't go on any type of independent media, and they don't even have to come on my show. But they're not going on anybody's show. The only person I've seen go, I saw Ilhan Omar recently, she went on Majority Report. But other than that, look, Bernie Sanders 
went on to Crystal and Kyle's show with the exception that Kyle would not be there because Kyle had just recently criticized him. And you notice how things change. You criticize them. They tell you they don't want you on the show. And by the way, had it been me, had I been in Crystal's position, I would have told Bernie Sanders' campaign to go fuck theirself. Because you're not going to come on my show and tell me my co-host can't be there. That's some bullshit. Yeah, I mean, you see what and happens. I think that's and they're why. Like, oh, we, um, we got to be nice to them. That's why they say this rhetoric now. We got to be nice to them. Mm-hmm. No, they have to be nice to them or otherwise they're not going to come on their show. Mm-hmm. That's where that's coming from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, there, there's definitely got to be consequences for politicians who don't go to the media or don't go to the people, don't get the places where you get, um, don't go to the places where you get ask the tough questions and, and it's unfortunate but they leave it up to like people like Charlemagne the god to to ask the tough questions and like these are people that's supposed to be comedians or having a more of a light-hearted co- conversation and it's left to people like Charlemagne the god to ask um uh Kamala Harris you know the tough questions about you know Joe Manchin being the the real president and and these these type of conversation questions that everybody has it on their minds like they everybody wants to know these questions in in the progressive world everyone wants to know why in the world are justice democrats voting for war with ukraine more money to go to ukraine and nobody's asking these questions they got to be left to protesters for the love of god to ask these questions it baffles the mind and there it baffles me but it also is like uh it also makes sense why it is the way it is. And I think it comes down to the fact that they're running under the Democrat party ticket. If you are using party resources, you know, that doesn't come with string attached. If you want to run as a Democrat, you know, if you want the Democrat party resources, you have, and if you want their calling and fundraising list, you need to, that comes with strings attached. You need to like give a part of your fundraising to them. You need to, you know, uh, give a part of a part of your rhetoric to them to go to toe along party lines. So this is why I think that like a, a lot of those problems just stem from the fact that running as Democrats instead of independents or uh, any other third party. You know, um, they need to go along with what the party does because th- that's some of the backroom deals that they have. Um, that's not to excuse it, but that's that is, I think, just to shed some light on why they do what it is that they do. Just if they if they ran as independents or if they ran as some third party, they wouldn't need, they probably wouldn't be doing a lot of these things. So it just at the end of the day comes back to being a part of the duopoly. Even if you have good intentions, I think uh, you are pressured into capitulating, into making certain votes, like sending further money to Ukrainian Nazis, um, and and supporting other shitty democrat candidates etc and that sort of stuff yes that's true uh jane uh, uh, thanks uh jay i want to go ahead and bring jane in as well i also want to add too, in reference to uh supporting funding to ukraine that's also something they were not supposed to do according to the principles that are outlined for justice democrats they are not supposed to be supporting that they are also not supposed to be supporting israel which is outlined in the justice democrats principles And that's why I went through those principles on my show. You guys got to see they're not doing any of those things that they were supposed to be doing. And so Zineb told me, she said, well, they signed a pledge. And I'm like, and they signed a pledge and they're not doing anything. What were the repercussions if they didn't uphold the pledge? 
Yeah, no repercussions. But yeah, let me uh, pass the mic over to Jane. And uh, thank you very much for having me on, Tabby. All right. Thanks so much, Jay. All right, Jane, you are the next caller. Just have to unmute. And then we're going to wrap up here shortly. Um, hello, can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Uh, yeah. A little trouble earlier. Uh, I'm not sure what happened. Um, okay, uh, we the conversation. I want to also thank you for your time everything else. Uh, so, it also included Jimmy Dore, correct? Yeah, you're breaking up a little bit, Jane. I'm um, sorry. Um, can you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah, I don't have the best internet, but this conversation does include Jimmy Dore, correct? Yes, well, it's about Force the Vote Revisited. Well, um, basically what I want to discuss about is Dore is not entirely all who he seems. Um, I did tweets, so, uh, Hello? Yeah, go ahead, Jane. Okay, so, um, well, um, I know other people who watch trans, but I used to watch quite a bit, and, you know, uh, you know, I'm sorry, I was just, yeah, it's late, uh, I've watched Jimmy Dore a while. He's some transphobic stuff. And then he's progressing and progressing and progressing. And so if you go to YouTube right now and you type in Jimmy Dore transgender, and he's not talking about other people or this or that, about his video, one of the first comes up is trans teacher with giant face defended by school board video it's not accurate because in all honesty as a I already can tell that the person was not I looked a, a little bit behind it of course the individual accused of basically being red pill basically saying anti-trans things and other crap I mean there's not that much information on it right now but it, it seems to be holding water like uh, anti-trans narratives uh, you know Bill Maher against trans extremism, destroying competition and setting record. Betty Midler pushes back on trans issues. Nair Tavolva, Chris uh, Rain Wilson insults trans people, feeding Twitter bans set website for hateful trans joke. These video, okay, so these, these people. I've watched this show. He started going off on this nonsense of, well, and him and stuff. I was watching the show live, and that's what he did. Um, and the point that I'm in the best way I can phrase this, I wrote it down. Hold on, Jane, you're 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 breaking up, up a bit. Sorry, um, but basically, is Jimmy's basically punching down at trans. I don't know if it's clickbait, he believes what he's saying. I don't care what the case is he's still at trans people I out at him in the past of July I have the email for that um, let's see um, and it's just uh, yeah trans people are really being targeted and 
all of Jimmy Dore's articles and videos on trans people, none of them are positive. None of them are in defense of trans people. They, they're all kind of very subtle. And it's just like, but nothing is impositive. He doesn't discuss how basically states are banning ki uh, trans identifying kids from basically going to doctors, receiving medical treatment. Yeah, he doesn't, you know, if you look at like even like with trans athletes and stuff like that, like when I look up trans runners, it's like you click on them and like, oh, trans people are destroying the competition. And then like when you look at it and it's like, okay, there's a bit of a racial thing going on here because, you know, they're not openly going to come out and tell you all these trans people that they're talking about are black too. And they also don't discuss all the other things that go along with athletes. They don't provide the science, but, you know, and, and uh, that's the problem I have with Jimmy is he's punching down at trans people. He's going along with the propaganda, basically, uh, against trans people. And uh, let's see. Uh, I guess I guess when uh oh there's uh -oh. an echo. Go ahead. Okay. Um Sorry. I, I guess what I'm curious about is what does this have to do with, with his involvement with force the vote? I think the I guess the point I'm trying to get at is just be careful with Jimmy Dore because I know another other few YouTubers have kinda come out and uh, are are uh, I can't really because they're them, but essentially it seems like he might be like selling out or sheep herding. And I, I like some of the stuff Jimmy Dore puts out and it is informational, but there definitely is a concern because if he can punch down on trans people, when is he going to start punching down on other people? And, you know, and that's just the kind of the thing of it all is like, how many times have we all been sheep herded before? Like with Bernie Sanders, AOC, I mean. What is he sheep herding people into? Basically, um, there's a lot of transphobia going on. Like when he brings up what is a woman on his show, and he didn't release that in his videos. But, you know, he was bringing up like, well, what is a woman? And him and Steph are going in about it. Now, maybe they are not aware, but What is a Woman is a documentary that was made by a man named Matt Walsh, which is deceptively edited to slander trans people. Um, and, uh, you know, unfortunately, trans people are a population. And it does seem like whenever people do talk about trans people, they usually focus on white trans women. Because uh, in reality, if they did focus on the black trans women who are uh, far more, you know, susceptible to poverty, homelessness, joblessness, discrimination, abuse, even murder and all that, you know, all these narratives start to fall apart. And uh, I'm just, you know, like I said, I, I don't really trust Jimmy Dore anymore because of that. And uh, yeah. I, I just don't think he is as good as a guy as we all initially believed him to be. And maybe that's his a fault or something, but it's not something he's willing to address, at least as far as when I've emailed him. Hmm. But, but I, I'm, I'm still curious, like what is he sheep herding people into? Uh, so what some other YouTubers are suggesting is basically it's like in a couple of years, he's going to basically be like, uh, you know, vote Trump, 
vote white wing, you know, you got to stop these Democrats. It's like a slow progressional, a slow uh, progressing thing. What other YouTubers? Let's see. Uh, hold on. Let me see if I can find the ones that there were. Sorry. That was one I should have probably had up. Um, it's not. Let's see what were they named. They got like they, they they have the yellow symbol. I remember that much. I think that was the ones who were talking about. Do, 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 do. Uh, the Vanguard, I think it was. <laughs> and that's fine, but you know, I don't really need the Vanguard. But at the end of the day, it still stands that Jimmy Dore is putting anti-trans stuff out, and not for nothing else. It's you know what I mean. He's still punching down. And he loves to tout himself as somebody who says he's punching up. I haven't seen, I haven't seen anti-trans. Right now, Jimmy Dore show, transgender. Yeah, I I haven't seen uh, anti-trans rhetoric from Jimmy Dore. I do think like sometimes there may be, um, oh, what do you call it? Um, I think sometimes there may be like uh, uh, a lack of awareness with certain things, right? So then would um, it really kill him to just cover something like about, like I said, how politicians are going after trans kids? Politicians are going after after trans kids? Yeah. Basically in several states, they're making it harder and trying to outlaw basically trans youth from being able to get like gender affirming care, which can include therapy, uh, can include puberty blockers. Oh, you mean like in, in like Texas? That's still a part of the United States. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I forget these things sometimes because I live in Massachusetts and this is not even an issue. So it's just like, sometimes I forget. Um, I think that like, like, uh Oh, I got an echo. I got an echo. I I think, I think, uh oh. I think that there are some YouTube channels whose whole like they just want to smear Jimmy Dore. And again, like there's certain things I'm not gonna say like on on this show because there's but there's things that I know that you guys don't know. <laughs> Haven't been in this space. And that's true. And that, and, but the thing is, because of like kind of the stuff I've seen, I think that's one thing that can make that, you know, these people, let's say the Vanguard is not a, you know, uh, a credible thing, or maybe I misinterpreted even what they said or whatever, because I'm a little bit crazy anyway. But it's just like, it's almost like, uh, I don't know what I'm getting at. It's one forty in the morning, but you know, I'm just going to end it here. Uh, I don't think I'm going to make any better of an argument or a case anyway. So thank you for your time, Sabby. Uh, you all have a good night. Okay, thank you. And if you guys know, um, those of you also listening, I'm bringing CEB Apple um, as well. If you know more about that, please let me know. Um, but from what I've seen, I, I haven't seen that. Uh, go ahead, uh, CEB Apple. You just have to unmute. Uh oh, CEB might have. Oh, it's getting late. He might have uh, tapped out. Um, okay, Saul, I'm gonna make you a uh, speaker, and um, 
case and Roger, what's your take on all this? I know I talked last, uh, so Roger, if you want to jump in. And, and we're talking about um, what exactly? Jimmy Dore. I heard of Jimmy Dore or something. What was it, Savvy? Uh, punching down on trans people, apparently. Like I said, oh. like I haven't seen that. Like based on what I've seen, I haven't seen that. But yeah, I haven't seen that. And um, I mean, I, I don't watch as much Jimmy Dore as I used to. Last time I watched it was when Kit was on there. But I have I've never seen um, anything uh, against trans personally from Jimmy. Yeah, and I think I mentioned this to JB before too, because JB and I had a conversation about this. Um, not on live stream, but we had a conversation about it to get his take about this as well. All right, um, Rob, I'm gonna bring you in and I'm gonna make you the next uh, caller. Just have to unmute. Hi guys, uh, can you uh, hear me? We can. Okay. Hi. Um, I heard that you guys were talking about Jimmy Dore. Well, we were talking about force the vote revisited. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Uh, oh, because uh, Sam Cedar. Was it Sam Cedar that that mentioned it or? That he said he said he brought it up recently. He said he didn't go on anyone's show to talk about force the vote. Yeah, that's Which... bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> that's complete uh, other bullshit. There and there's a three hour video of it of him getting spanked by uh by Brianna Joy Gray to prove it. So yeah, I know we, we went over we went over part of it. Um, we went over part of it earlier on YouTube tonight, but like you said, it is like three hours, so we couldn't go through the whole thing. But right, it was just weird to me he wouldn't remember that because I remembered it and I wasn't even there. Yeah, yeah, I, I watched it live, and it was just an incredible. Um, I know, I know, I know. She gets a lot of shit for uh, for asking the the Michael Brooks question, but screw it, <laughs> I I would have asked it too. So, um, yeah, it's that's probably like the dividing line the, or, or the demarcation point. Uh for, I guess, what kind of a, where, where you lay on as far as, as the left, really. And that's, and that's basically when, 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 well, it, the whole movement kind of fell apart after, after Bernie dropped out, didn't he? Or didn't mm -hmm. it? And, um, forced to vote was just kind of the, the nail in the coffin. You know, but what 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 gets me about the the anti force the vote argument is that the big brains were like scolding everybody who supported it by saying, "Oh no, you you don't you literally do not understand politics," and and everybody else everybody was like, "No, this makes perfect sense." You know, this that this way you get everybody who votes against it on the record and you know now who the primary. Like the primary ads would write themselves. Like so and so so and so denied you universal health care in the middle 
of the biggest pandemic in a century. Yeah. Yeah. But the dumb dumb left apparently don't understand politics. So. But, you know, it was really important, I think, in case I want to get your opinion about this, too. I think it was really important for people to see who those politicians would have been, at least the Democrats, who they would have been that would have voted against that during a pandemic. Yeah, it's definitely, I think, I do agree with you, it's, it's important to see who it was that would vote against that during a pandemic. I think it was very, um, I think it was good that we saw how the progressives, um, the so-called progressives in office reacted to that very first COVID bill. Remember, that that was the bill where we should have really flexed our muscle and got that whole so-called Biden agenda in there, like the free pre-K and even the UBI, temporary UBI during COVID, get a Medicare for all during COVID. You know, uh, Biden could have called an emergency. But that first COVID bill, that's the one that the elite wanted because that had all the billions and dollars. That's how they made so much money. That's how Tesla, you know, all these different big stocks, like, doubled their worth from that trillion-dollar COVID packet. And unfortunately, Bernie Sanders was a no-show. The squad was a no-show. They totally let that um, moment pass, and we only found out. Re- I, know, I know that at that time, Jimmy was one of the few people, like with his hair on fire, talking about, "Hey, now is the time for me to get something done with this COVID bill." And it wasn't until after the fact that we really saw what really happened and how that was a very big opportunity lost. I agree, and and Rob, I want to get your take on this too. Rob, do you think that? that the messaging that came from Sam Cedar and TYT at that point in time actually hurt the force the vote movement? Uh, yeah, I, I, I think so. Like they, they were never going to be on board and it kind of filtered down to that part of the left. Like, I think if, if, if Jenk Uger had the, if Jenk Uger had come out with it first, that their audience would be completely on board. Well, their audience was completely on board because they did a poll on their website where they asked, would you be in favor of forcing the vote for um, uh, Nancy Pelosi's speakership? Uh, And, I forget what the percentage was. It was like 86% of their audience was in favor of it. So yeah, it was somewhere around there. I remember that. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, I do think that their messaging had, had a lot to, uh, to do with it. And I, and I, I don't want to dump on Jimmy door, but, um, but I wonder how much, um, I wonder if he kind of went too far and too personal with with the attacks on on uh, on AOC. I mean, I mean, yeah, she she definitely deserves criticism for the you know for for her record, but uh, it. You mean, the, you mean person, a reference to force the vote? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and some of her votes before then, like she, 
every politician deserves to be criticized. But I, I do wonder whether, whether the fact that Jimmy went, went personal with, with her, you know, like saying stuff like, well, I made that bitch famous. Yeah, oh, I, okay. He used the B word. Oh, do okay. you think? Do you? Do you think? You guys, do you? Think, you guys. Oh, Roger, think. you have an echo. Oh, Roger, yeah. you have an echo. Yeah, Oops, my yeah. bad. Bluetooth. Yeah, I know. Do you guys think that? Um, and be honest here. Do you think that? In reference to the criticism, because. I'll be honest, I I heavily criticize politicians. I really don't give a fuck. <laughs> Especially the people that I donated to. You, you I'm just kind of like you guys owe me. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. um, But I will say, do you think maybe it was more personal to Jimmy because the fact that his show was the first show that she went on and he told oh, I, her to, to I support her. I I'll, I'll I'll be the first. Yes, I definitely believe that it was personal that that he took it um real personal. I have no doubt about that. Like, you know, it's like you ever hear of something uh savvy? Oh, by the way, my bad. I I was talking that time. I didn't even know that I was like off before. But um what do you call it? You ever hear of a situation where you hide behind something legitimate to hide your personal beef or belief. You know, yeah. like people people do that all the time. You know what I mean? And and you make it you make yourself kind of like a hard target to hit. You see what I'm saying? Be like, oh no, it's it's because of this. It's 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 um you know it's, it's it's kind of like, um, <laughs> you know, like uh, I don't know. I don't know if I want. I, I know to, what uh, you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. But that was like so, that was the first platform that she was on. Yeah. Yeah. By oh, by the way, um, Sabrina, you might want to um, since Sal is about to come on afterwards, right? What I was just going to say was, because I know I was talking about public banks, whatever the case is, you might want to try to hook a connect him with, because um, since he's looking for someone to do like campaigning and whatever the case is, you know, somebody in Florida that has campaign experience, you might want to connect him with Nico. I can imagine Nico could be fierce. Yeah, Nico, Nico could be fierce on a ballot initiative. He got tons of experience on it on this shit. Mm -hmm. Okay, he can you connect Sal with Nico and been like, "Yo, look, let's do a ballot initiative for Florida Medicare for all. Let's do a ballot initiative for the um oh for the weed thing." I was just saying, I'm gonna make it real quick. Um, because weed is still illegal by um, federal standards, you're not going to be able to place your money in a regular bank because banks have to abide by federal regulations and they can't hold money that is from ill-gotten gains. 
that's the problem Colorado is having because of the, the banking regulations. So I was just saying you have a public bank. It insures the community banks and credit unions. So now the, it can launder the money legally because now the government touches their hands on the profits from weed, making it clean. So now you can deposit it into a community or community bank or credit union because the state is backing it up. All right. So that's that's pretty much what I was going to say. OK, that's a, that's interesting to know because <laughs> uh, I'm in Missouri and uh, uh, legal weed is a ballot initiative in in our that's midterm right. election. Uh, next month so yeah we we covered that um if you guys haven't seen hook him up with uh, your boy in missouri yeah if you got if you guys haven't seen we did a ballot initiative panel uh and it was like seven of us and all of us were from bi states ballot initiative states and um you should definitely watch that if you want to know more about ballot initiatives because we started from the, we broke down what it means. And we mentioned, we talked about all the states that have ballot initiatives. So it was, it's really, if you're not familiar with it and you want to learn about BIs, definitely check out that panel. It's on, if you go on my YouTube channel on Savvy Sabs, it's on the homepage under panels. You'll see it. It's, it kind of stands out. It's the only one that's like black with like bright yellow. And you see like seven different faces. And all the states are under our names. So I think if you really want to know how it works, to watch that. And also watch Hardlands. Hardlands Media did a breakdown of ballot initiatives for like each BI state over the past couple of months, too. So just FYI. Kira was really good with that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll definitely check that out. <laughs> but you could hook Rob up with um, Nick. Because since he's in Missouri, you know. Yeah, and that was one of the things we did talk about. We, because we had, didn't we have? It was either Gavin. It was Gavin. Gavin was on from the Vanguard, and he was talking about that, like what was on the ballot for Missouri, mm-hmm. um, for November. So he was talking about that too. So yeah, we had people on from like different states. That's what I'm saying. Like you guys should, if you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. Okay. Yeah, I I I watch the the Vanguard guys all the time. So, um, so uh, uh well, uh, my juice is getting low, and uh, um, I'm gonna let other people uh, let other people uh, have their say. Thank you. Alrighty. Thanks so much for calling in, Rob. All right. Um. Bye. Okay. Saul, you're going to be the last caller, and then I got to head out. But I uh, see the change. I I noticed you've been trying to speak, so go ahead, see. Yeah, uh, I just wanted to say um, I was like going through shorts, and um, I have to find it. But there was one where they said in California they use the tax revenue from the marijuana to to fund the police. Cannabis, cannabis. Yeah, cannabis. Have you heard yep. about? Yep. Okay. Okay. Yep. So CJ, uh, yeah, CJ talked about that, and Ron Paclone talked about it. Um, did they? they talked about like the whole like cannabis thing in in California, mm-hmm. and California had it before we did. Um, mm-hmm. So I Colorado think that. Had it too. 
and and I hate to say it, but like, and if anyone's listening and they live in the state, no disrespect, but I hate to say it, but it seems like Colorado seems to be the test state for a lot of things. <laughs> yes, true. That's facts, Abby. Exactly. Aren't they going to do real. something with legalizing psychedelics or something? They're looking into that or. Well, they... I, th- I think they are looking into that. And also like mm-hmm. Denver is starting a pilot universal basic income program. Mm-hmm. They announced it before Los mm-hmm. Angeles did. And, mm-hmm. and also um, they were the first, they were the first ones I heard about. If I'm wrong, correct me, but they were the first. No, you're right. You're right. Out that legalized you're right, marijuana. Sammy. You're right. You're right. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. telling you, they're just like, let's just test this out in Colorado. <laughs> so many stoners in Colorado. <laughs> they're like, oh, is this initiative going to work? Let's test it out in Colorado first yeah. and then we'll pass it on to other states. <laughs> so wild. Hey, yeah. Case, I, I just wanted to say, like, if you're um really serious about doing a case study or looking into you know, kind of the process and what happens when uh, people that are seemingly to the left kind of get co-opted. Like, I would like to work with you on that. I was actually thinking about working on my dissertation having to deal with that because I never heard people like talking about that. And it's like four or five factors that, you know, I've kind of come up with that it could be, but I I think it's different for for all of them, but it would be really interesting to see you know, the outcome of something like that. Yeah, I would love your help and support. Um, any help is 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 necessary. So anybody out there in the audience and see, please email me on the side, casestudyqb at gmail.com. And I would love okay. to work on that workshop with you. And um, also one more time, I want to remind everybody, 10 a.m. this Saturday, we're going to be laying out the framework for the Mutual Aid Political Party. And like I said, everyone will have an opportunity to give input. This is not a case study QB initiative. This is a people's grassroots initiative. And everybody's um, input is valuable. Hey, case study, you're going to be a politician now? (laughs) He said his wife won't let him. For a second. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you should be man you have a great voice and you have a great platform so oh no you. no I, my everybody has their um place in this ecosystem of you know sap like I, I said this before sabby has great charisma to have a show like she has mm-hmm. my place is clipping the clips so that sabby and harlan's media and other people um, I saw Ooh. Kyle Kalinske use one of my clips recently. Like that's for them to. That's my contribution, and then I'm also trying to help out with these uh, little initiatives. But it's not me doing these initiatives. This is going to be all hands on deck. Um, we we've talked You're about the man it right complained. now, though. Yeah, I appreciate it. We we've complained about politicians. Now is our time to step up. Uh, we're going to yeah, this activist. Yeah, this activist weekend. Not only my workshop, but everybody, there's a ton of stuff going on. So I hope to see everybody participating in the chats and, and watching these shows this weekend with on Revolutionary Blackout Network's channel. By the way, Case, you're all over the indie media platform, bro. You are killing it. You are showing us stuff that we've never seen before. And you should show yourself a little love because you are doing great work. Mm-hmm. Um, I I have to I just just have to say I have to agree to that because it was brought to my attention recently someone had put it in the chat 
and they said, what is a case study QB? And it kind of dawned on me and I was like, oh, this must be a new viewer. And so I never thought about it before because in my head, I'm not like, I need to explain to people who case study is (laughs) because like a lot of people, you guys see us do the clips all the time. (laughs) So I was just like, it kind of dawned on me. I was like, oh, they probably think case study QB is like a, like, like a, like an actual like case study. (laughs) is <laughs> a guy is a guy just telling the truth man he's just everywhere and we love you for that bro yeah i appreciate it yeah sometimes they're like oh they those people that a uh, case study have heard like me use as plural now it's just one person uh, one person clipping <laughs> making the clips one person and um thank you so that's much positive for positive work man it. that's positive work super it. positive work man that is like what we need right now because all indie media is like being like whitewashed. Like we are being silenced. Savvy is like one of the protagonists of our movement. Uh, RBN and uh, HL um, uh, Harlands Media. Mm-hmm. All these people are like fighting for a voice out there, and you're showing the facts. You bringing the receipts. You showing the clips. You're giving mm-hmm. presence right now. You're giving presence to our voice. So Thank you so got to give yourself props, man. I appreciate it. So thank you so much. No, seriously, Case, because I'm going to be honest with you. I could not watch that much mainstream media. <laughs> For real. None of us. None of us could watch all that shit right now. None of us, though. You I'm are like, doing the hardest have, work. You got to tell me how you do it, because I'm like, does Case have two different TVs going at the same time? Like <laughs> He has, like, multiple screens. <laughs> He's watching everyone. That dude is on point on uh, everything, though. Home. Like everything he shows us, like it's always on point. And like, damn, that I never saw that. Like he has to yeah. show us because the mainstream media will shut that shit down. Yeah. And I'm so, I'm so frustrated that you're being shut down by Twitter and all no. these people. Like, yeah, it's actually ahead, crazy because I used to I was working so hard. I remember Nico House. You cutting out. You cutting out. You cutting out. QB. Oh. Can you can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So Nico House was the very first person to tweet me out, and um, I really appreciate him and give him a lot of love for that. He, I met him before I was even case study QB, and um, and then uh, slowly, the uh, first person outside of Nico was uh, human, um, rational national, and then rational uh, David Dole. Yeah, David Dole. Was <laughs> he is such a sellout. Oh, uh, he he would regularly um on his lives like he would go to my uh, account and then um Kyle Kalinsky and then it just slowly started building but it got to the point where uh, um I was able to put out a video the only time it would get a lot of views like over a thousand was when somebody else with a bigger following retweeted it but right, it eventually okay. like maybe a year a uh, year and a half into it it got to the point where. I could just post it myself, and over over time, it will get a thousand views without anybody big um, tweeting it, retweeting it. So I was like, okay, the the account is getting to a good point. And then all of a sudden, just a big drop off. And that's when Kit um, DM me on the side. He said, "Hey, did you know that if I went to your account and I'm not following you, it would go to like a disclaimer?" And I'm like, "What?" And I went and I saw. Yeah, I, it happened. Uh, it happened to me too, bro. And then somebody the other day complained, like maybe three days ago, they complained like, hey, I don't see the feed. I'm I'm following Case, but I'm not even seeing his feed. Like, I don't automatically, you know how you're supposed to see people like that yeah. you're following in your timeline. Yeah. They're like, 
they have to manually go to my account to see the latest clips. So it's just very disappointing. Dude, I follow you and I don't get no notifications. Nothing. I don't get shit. Because Case doesn't. I get cut out. What's weird? Because Case doesn't post anything offensive. They're just news clips. Right. No, he just posts what's real, like what's there, like what the what the mainstream media posts, and he just puts in the clip and goes, "Hey, hello, this is what's happening. Are you listening?" He's that's what he's doing. Yeah. I like so they censor Case Study QB's news clips. But I saw a woman's vagina today on Twitter. Oh shit! I never right. saw that. What's going on? Right. Where are you at? <laughs> Luckily, I was at home in a in a in a right. space where I wasn't around other people. But imagine if I would have been like on oh, the subway. Oh, savvy! Oh, savvy! You know what I got on Twitter? I got like sexual, homosexual videos posted sent to me on my on my twitter account i'm like who the hell is this like they don't censor that they don't sex like homosexual like men on men like loving men on men and like my uncle and he's my man like why am i seeing this i'm not following anybody with that kind of uh fetish no, I'm just seeing like the JJ slap like flapping in the wind. Oh, no. like, what the hell is this? That's crazy, dude. I'm like, really? No, man. Post like on Twitter her her vagina, and this is okay, and it's not flagged. It's like warning disclaimer. Wow. But case no. QB use clips are a problem. What's the weirdest thing? Case study has clean content. Case study has all (laughs) clean content. Like all the stuff that mainstream media publish, Mm. that's what case study shows. He doesn't show any profanity. He don't know like go fight somebody, don't beat somebody up. He just shows what the what what the mainstream media is showing you. And he puts it in my philosophy is like this is something that I want my progressive community to see. That's that's how I that's my th- my way of thinking. Like that's why I try to look up union anything that has to do with unionization, anything that has anything to do with that has to Bernie Sanders, like um, Pamela Jayapal, Ro Khanna, people that we should be following as far as to, to keeping an eye a Hawkeye watch on what they're saying. I like to post the full, and I like to give the full context as much as I can. You know, sometimes it's tempting to cut like little hot clips, and and sometimes I do, but for the most part, I like to give the full context because I like to be fair to people. Like, here's the full context of what people are saying. That messed so, me up for part of the day, man. I was just trying to eat a chicken nugget. <laughs> I had a chicken nugget and a small fry, and that kind of you know that kind of messed me up a little bit. <laughs> Like yeah, Ariel so said in the chat, facts are dangerous to the establishment. Oh, so for real? Rather Who distracted that? that kind of stuff in the truth. Steve, Ariel. you're on point on that. You're mm-hmm. so on point on that. For mm-hmm. real. They will chase you, guys... you out. <laughs> Eric said chicken. Chicken Hello? nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Roger. I don't think you guys understand. Uh, he does, KC, you do post offensive stuff it's called mainstream media that that shit is offensive as hell that's real that's real facts roger facts and as far as the naked women keep it coming 
Dude, I don't need any naked women on my stream, man, for real. My wife will kick my ass. What in the world? She'd be like, what the hell? What the hell? What are you watching? This is Twitter, man. Oh, boy. Hey, okay, guys, I, I've been, I'll go oh. ahead, Steve, and then I got to head out. Okay, okay, just real, real quick. Um, I, I, I've been hearing you talk about how there's a potential positive uh, outcome for like a general strike if we could get truckers and uh, rail work, railroad workers together. No, I'm not. Stop it. Um, <laughs> my question is, would you do you, you think you might get the opportunity to do that this weekend, like during the summit? Because I think that would be really good, you know, way to do that. I no? tried. I, I reached out to the truckers and they told me they had to ask their boss. So and then they got arrested. Oh, wow. So oh, that's um, right. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, yeah. C, yeah, what is your I, major? I tried to get them. Yeah. yeah. What are you majoring in, mm -hmm. C? Um, I'm, I'm working on a PhD. Um, For what? Advanced, For what? Studies, advanced studies of human behavior. Damn, that's 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 dope. I, I We need more people like you. Yeah, it, it's the student loan thing. <laughs> that's Dude, we all work on student issues. loans. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but we need more human I'm, behavior studies. Yeah. Because yeah. we are animals right now. Yeah, that's why I thought that would be. See, are you in New York? On with case, no, no, no. I'm in Texas. I'm in Texas. Go Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you, Sabi. Um, yeah, I'm glad that you at least tried. You made that effort. I know that you're always on top of it. That's that's awesome. Yeah, because they're local for me. They're right here in Massachusetts, mm -hmm. so I really did try. I was like, hey, and it was, it was like, I yeah. got to ask my boss. And like I said, and then they got arrested. So I don't know. Dang, said you got locked up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> that was a good one. See, you should tap Roger and Case because they're on point on a lot of facts, man. They got mm -hmm. that thing locked. And if you're working on your thesis, these are the two people that you should be talking to. <laughs> Roger has mad information on everything. Case study has mad information on everything happening online. I'll reach out to them for sure. Yeah, true. man, because human behavior is like one of my major things. I'm Buddhist. So, like, I watch people's behaviors and I interact with people on their wavelength. So, my, my, I, my take on human behavior is you have to, uh, the energy that you send out is what you're going to get back in. So that's mm. my take on human behavior because human behavior usually is tribal. Like what we see in, like in politics is tribal. Like, Oh, my band, my, 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 my red friend, my blue friend. And the same thing as in like the Roman era, that is another, that's another fact that you have to put into your human behavior because it's all about tribalism. And that's something that we have not been able to get away from, tribalism, because we tend to get closer to the people that sound better to us than to the people that make more sense to us. That's right. But um, I hate to be tribal at this point, but it's time for me to head out. Much love, Sabi. You've been a warrior right now. You're you right kick now. You ass tonight. Past Sabi bedtime. 
Thanks for hanging out though, guys. I'm sorry the first stream crashed. I feel bad. I lost. I know I, I lost people. They were probably like, what the fuck happened? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, it crashed on me twice. So I was looking for you like all over the place. So I was like, damn. But thank you so much for your time, Sabby. And case study, you're the man. Roger, mad information. I still can't wrap my head around all that stuff. And uh, CJ, love to CJ and all, and RBN and everybody that's doing the work right now. Thank you so, so much. So much love. Thank you so much, Sabs. Thank you, Roger. Thank you, Danielle. Bye. Everybody. Thank um, you, Sabby. Thank you, everybody. Yeah. Good night. Danielle, Danielle, by the way, you have the sexiest voice on the mic right now. Oh, I thought oh my you were married. That is. I'm married, but I'm not, you know, oh. dead. Oh, well, thank you. Um, <laughs> That's funny you say that. I'm recovering from a cold, so there's that. You should keep that cold voice right now because that sounds so good on the mic right now. I wish we had Medicare for all. Oh, for real, my sister. For real. Power to the use people, that my sexy sister. Voice to get Love you guys so much. Love you, Sabby. Thank you for everything. Hey, so well, I'm going to take that quote. I'm going to take that quote and pass that on and say, I'm married. I'm not dead. Love it. <laughs> Love you. Exactly. You have your own opinion. No matter if you're married or not, you have your own opinion. Uh, one one oh last God. plug. This um, Saturday, 10 a.m., I'm going to get my hair cut so I look spiffy for y'all. And uh, have a good night. Peace Bye. and love, case study. You're Keep the man. Up the fight. Much love. Keep up the fight.